Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Habit of Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. It's official, folks. Go ahead and write this down. Grab a pen. I'll wait. Grab it. Although maybe you already have a pen. What if you do that? What if you listen to the show with a pad and paper or a pen and paper or a pen and a pad of paper? It's a lot of peas. What if you had a pen, a pad of paper, a porcupine, and a pineapple? How about that? What if you had a porcupine, a pineapple, a pizza, a pen, a pad of paper, some portobello, and some prosciutto, and, uh, and possibly even a uh, pompadoro? A uh, pomodoro. Isn't that a fucking sp- sp- pasta? A pasta. Get some pasta. Pasta pomodoro. Get some pasta pomodoro, a pineapple, a porcupine, a pizza, a pen, a pad of paper, and uh, and some ping pong. Go play ping pong. Play ping pong with your pen while you're eating some uh, portobellos. Oh, shut the fuck up. Nobody got literally. I just wasted how much of your life with that. Think about Let's think about that. I've been doing this for 12 years. How much time of your life have I wasted with that kind of garbage? Jesus Christ. You're going to be in your coffin one day and you go, I had to hear fuckheads say portobello ping pong over and <laughs> over again. That made me laugh. Hey, portobello ping pong. How you doing? Um, that, that sounds like the worst arcade you could ever go to. It's like an arcade that also sells like fucking artisanal foods. Oh, man. I, I don't want to have any fucking defender with fusilli. Nobody wants. Nobody needs that, right? Don't give don't give me any fucking squab with a big healthy round of Journey the video game. I'm not interested. I checked. I, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm completely fucking interested. I actually talked myself into it. I'm thinking to myself, man, there's there's no fucking way I can have a fucking uh, uh, gazpacho and Galaga, right? I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, you're goddamn right. I could. Gazpacho and Galaga sounds like the move. Uh, that is, Mex and I should go on the road as Gazpacho and Galaga. Let's do that. Let's go fucking all over the place. Let's go to countries and, and play nowhere because no venues exist. Actually, you know what? We could go outside of the United States if we could fucking escape. He and I need to tunnel out through Canada or whatever the fuck. Or maybe just get a boat. Let's go to the fucking Atlantic. He and I go to Florida. We'll jump on a fucking... Let's go to... You know what? Mex and I should float to Cuba. Let's fucking do that together, right? Go down there and we'll, we'll meet, uh, meet Hyman Roth at his birthday party. It'll be great. Uh, all right, here's the deal. Um, it's official folks. Again, pen, pan, get a pan, a pad, a pen, a paper. Uh, I am no longer brace yourselves for this. I am no longer going to Ireland. Yes, I know you're shocked. You're stunned. You thought for sure I'd already be fucking balls deep in lucky charms by now, but that's not happening. Friends. Uh, here's why. (laughs) 
What if I had to explain why? Honestly, what if you're like, oh, no, Mike, why aren't you going? Uh, I don't know. Airborne fucking viruses have a tendency to put a crimp into my international travel. That's the way it turns out. I didn't think so. I mean, I often thought to myself, if ever there was any sort of airborne virus, I'd just get into a plane and power right the fuck through it. Like motherfucking Willie McClendon going right up the goddamn middle. But no, it doesn't happen. Uh, and this was not my choice, by the way. I still want to go to Ireland. Oh my God, I want to. Are you kidding me? I, I, I want it like green heroin in my fucking veins. That's how much I want to go to fucking uh, Ireland because I want to go there and get lost. I want to go there and stay. I want to go there and just buy a loot, hang out on a fucking street corner and tell jokes and, and sing inappropriate weird fucking beer drinking songs. And they'll be like, I love this fat half Irishman. What the fuck is that? Pling, 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 I don't think they'd sing that in Ireland. I got my balls busted by Max because apparently uh, that's a Mexican song. And last week I had Mario singing it on the show. And I have to be honest with you. I didn't uh, look, you know, my brain isn't fucking thinking. It's just flying fucking fast forward. It comes up with gazpacho and Galaga and I want to take a nap. I'm done. But uh, but I busted out uh, Cialito Lindo, which I guess is the name of that song I learned from my good friend David, and uh, and I sang it as Mario from, <laughs> from Mario Brothers. And I defy you to find another podcast that'll have the balls to try something like that. There's no podcast. There's no podcast that tries a Mario singing. There's no podcast that tries a Mario singing a Mexican song. Uh, hey, it's a me, a Mario, a Guantanamera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to do that from now on. My whole show is going to be goddamn Mario busting out songs from international an international playlist with your friend Mario. That's how I'll do it. <laughs> hey, it's a me, a Mario. Are there words to the Mexican hat dance? I don't think there are. And yet Mario still attempts it. He just he turns it very, very Italian. That's Popeye. I don't know why Popeye is all of a sudden singing this goddamn song. Popeye, step the fuck off, man. We already got one fucking imaginary animated character singing this fucking song. I don't need you to step in with your fucking version of the goddamn Mexican hat dance. Uh, Oh, Bluto, where are you to punch Popeye in the goddamn face when he tries to steal Mario's thunder? I wish you could see what these lines look like. I'm, I'm literally just looked down at the blue lines on the fucking, uh, the audacity. And that, uh, it just, it just, it's staggered. What a mess. What a terrible mess I've made of things. I'm not going to Ireland. I'm furious. And I'll tell you what, uh, possibly if there's any way that the Irish authorities could hear this show and realize that this is a guy they want in their fucking country. I'm the man. I'm the dude. I'm the guy. I want to go there and eat some fucking steel cut oats and walk around and look at a meadow. Isn't there like a goat? It's got to be a fucking Irish goat out there. Are there any animals indigenous to fucking Ireland? Is there like an Irish spider or some bullshit that I should go fucking look at? Probably, right? Going to be some fucking uh, crazy-ass Irish spider shaped like a shamrock. Eight fucking legs to hold you. Eight arms to hold you. That's what Veruca Salt will tell you. Um, Because they sang a song about an octopus. That's what the seether was. Uh, The seether is me. No, no, no. The seether is an octopus. Uh, In his garden in the sea in Ireland. An octopus's garden in the sea in Ireland. It's the sea near Ireland it is, right? There's a there's like a isn't that Barbary Coast in Ireland? It might not be. I know there's a casino called the Barbary Coast where I one time ate a piece of ham as big as a fucking catcher's mitt. Jesus Christ, did I go to work on it by year, whatever the fuck. I know I told this story already. We went there late at night one time because we used to go there. That was one of my stops and I'd be in Vegas. We'd be fucking around. And then it was like, you know, seven in the morning and it's like, oh, time to go to the room and sleep for four minutes. But on the way, we would stop at the Barbary Coast for their goddamn fancy silver dollar breakfast. Uh, which I think was a buck fifty, but it was silver dollar pancakes and a pile of fucking hash browns. And then I'm uh, not not kidding, a fucking 
a piece of ham the size of a parachute. Jesus fucking Christ, was it awesome. And it was, it was crazy thick. It, it looked like the steak that tipped over Fred Flintstone's car. It was awesome, and I would fucking wolf the shit out of it. And then Dino would stick his head through the goddamn ceiling uh, because I often ate breakfast with Dino. That's how I like to do it. When I'm in Vegas, you know, we're partying all night. Who the fuck knows who winds up in your crew? You start out, you're all looking good. You got ties on. End of the night, you're disheveled. There's a dinosaur head through the fucking ceiling. <laughs> you're just you're just mowing down a fucking ham shoe. Uh, but I can't go to Ireland, man. I'm so fucking bummed. And it wasn't my fault. Well, again, we know it wasn't my fault. None of this was my fucking fault. What if it was? What if you could trace the fucking pandemic back to me? What if there was some way I fucked a bat and I was like, yeah, here you go. And then I throw a rope on somebody's eyes and they were like, oh my God, this sucks. They sneezed in somebody else's mouth and then there you go. That's it. That's how the fucking virus started. <laughs> I fucked a bat, pulled out, shot a rope in somebody's eyes. He screamed, he sneezed in somebody's mouth and then that guy ran off into the distance. I don't know what the fuck he did, but he spread the goddamn thing. He touched somebody's arm. He touched somebody's shoulder. He touched a fucking bus rail. Who knows? I just watched Contagion, and now I realize that everything, this fucking stuff is flying all over the fucking place. You know, I mean, as if I wasn't scared enough, I tune into Contagion. And, I, and I'm not scared. As if I wasn't, like, worried enough about what the fuck, the demise of the planet, whatever, the heat death of the universe, who the fuck knows? But instead, I so I go, I gotta, I gotta watch Contagion. That'll be fucking awesome. So uh, I said to watch Contagion, and if you've not seen Contagion, it is extremely well done. It is a great movie. I thought it was really good. Uh, it hits the ground fucking running with people getting sick and then there's death and then there's uh looting and shooting and fucking office stuff and, and investigations and germs and test tubes. And for some fucking weird reason, Dimitri Martin, what the fuck out of fucking nowhere? Left brain Wilson has to show up and fuck up my movie. Nah, and I'm sure he's a wonderful gentleman and I know people love him. They say he's hilarious, uh, but you know what? If I'm just going to say this, this is totally true. Dimitri Martin shows up rest of the movie, it's fucking Lawrence Fishburne in a suit, a bunch of talented people doing talented things in talented places, and then all of a sudden, fucking Shlemiel Dimitri Martin walks in here, and that guy just, again, extremely talented, wonderful gentleman, perfect, uh, he's a great joke writer, all of those things are true, but it doesn't change the fact that he looks like a schnook, that dude just looks like a fucking schnook, and then he wears the, like a, like a weird biology suit, so he looks even nerdier. And here's my favorite part of the thing. He's like, you know, he's in a fucking lab, whatever the fuck. He's in an inflated bio- inflatable biology suit. And uh, he starts off, and I saw his face, and I'm like, well, that can't be Dimitri Martin. Certainly that wouldn't be the case. And then, you know, he turns his head, and I'm like, oh, man, it is him. And he's in this inflatable orange biology suit with green gloves and a giant fucking helmet with a space thing in the front. And, uh, and he's talking about Thanksgiving, whatever the fuck. He's making small talk with another goddamn doctor. But the whole time in my head, I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, you fucking schnook. You've come in here to d- fucking torment me and ruin my goddamn experience here in this germ movie. But also, like I said, he's wearing an inflatable orange suit with duct taped wrists, gold, green gloves and a fucking helmet. And all I could think was, I bet he brought that from home. <laughs> I bet I bet left brain Johnson was putting on shows in his fucking garage in that outfit. And they said to him, hey, man, we're going to have you play a schmuck doctor. And he's like, I got just the thing. He brought that in and they actually said, you know what? It's great. And they put it on all the other doctors. That was the that's the main contribution Dimitri Martin made to Contagion was he uh, he brought the actual wardrobe for the fucking bi- biology dudes because he held it in his past from when he was a professional nerd. Uh, I'm sure he's lovely. He's a terrific guy. Nobody call him. I'm sure one of you fucking idiots is going to have his phone number and be like, Dimitri, you're not going to believe it. There's a podcaster nobody knows about. He claims to be a comedian. And yet he said you were a schnook. I don't know why you have a coke habit, but apparently you do. Uh, don't, don't rat me out. Nobody finger me out the fucking Dimitri Martin. Okay. Just step on your fucking dick and shut up. Uh, why am I meaning? I'm not mad at you guys. I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not even mad at Dimitri Martin. I, I quote John Malkovich. 
make that money. No, that's not what he said. Pay that man his money. That's what he said. So pay Dimitri Martin his money. Let him walk around and be the new Gallagher talking about parking in a driveway and driving in a parkway and having a fucking pad of paper and drawing whoop doo sketches and being cute and going, hey, here's my left brain stuff. Twee, uh, which is fine. Good for him. And I don't know. I love, look, comedy's great. Isn't comedy great? I mean, now there's a stake in its heart. And it's in the ground dying like fucking Blackula, but who fucking cares? It still exists sort of in our hearts and in our heads. And when I say in our hearts and heads, I mean in the hearts and heads of everyone on the goddamn planet, because holy fuck, have you ever seen a bigger group of jackasses swing for the fucking fences enough with the funny enough with the stepping up and being like, here's my clever retort why is that guy in this show all the time get out of here you're fired i'm sending that guy on his way i wanted to go to ireland i bought a fucking ticket i was so excited uh it was my it was my fantasy baseball winnings from last year i'll tell you what my fantasy baseball winnings from this year will not pay for a ticket to ireland i am getting stomped man it's fucking awful but again it's not a real season it's one third of a season and what the fuck like I sat down and looked at the numbers and I'm like 30 points out of first place in one league, but I'm actually within like 22 points. Like if I had a hot three weeks, I, I would be right there in, in the top four, top five. And then you just got that. And, and you know what? You got three months left to try to catch up. That's the thing. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm, I'm a Sebastian Coe, not an Usain Bolt. I can't be the Usain Bolt of fantasy fucking baseball. I want to be Sebastian Coe. I want to pace myself. I want to run around in circles. I want to be the Zola Bud. I want to take my shoes off. I want to be the Mary Decker Slaney. I want to fall down and cry. That's what I did this year. I want to take my Zola Bud shoes off and run to the fucking championship. Instead, I'm Mary Decker Slaney, and I fell down and I cried. God damn it, I'm the Mary Decker Slaney of fantasy fucking baseball. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm not used to losing, man. I win. I play to win. I don't win. You do. I, I see the ball. You do. What is that fucking Jimmy Chase says is Ty Webb? I don't know. I just watched that a couple of weeks ago. All right. Anyway, not going to Ireland. And thrown, not going to lie to you, very disappointed by it. I wanted to go. I was looking forward to experiencing the uh, the motherland. My mom reached out. I asked where she's from. We're from Kerry. Uh, her grandma, my mom's grandma is from Kerry, which is my, I guess that's my great grandma. And uh, and so I, I was looking to go and I was, and look, I wasn't going to go on some fucking vision quest where I had to fucking find out my roots. Oh, look at me. Oh, it turns out my, my <laughs> it, it turns out my, my uh, relatives all worked in a hop field and they made the beerest bar or the barest beer or the best beer or the Irish beer uh, that they could possibly make. I don't know. I don't want to find that out. Because, again, everybody does that thing where they, like I said, everybody spends their spit to the government and then the government's like, ho, ho, you were a prince. And everybody's like, ha, ha, I was a prince. And then they buy a T-shirt that says, I was a prince. Meanwhile, the government has your DNA and right now they're making armies of you to come kill you in about four years. Oh, and it's going to happen. You know, what do you think those dudes in the street are who won't identify themselves with their fucking dark shields in their face? That's all the guys they've cloned from every fucking uh, uh, Forever 21 or what the fuck is that? Free, uh, TV and me? No, that's just, that's Mike Toomey's one man show. Uh, what's the what's the one you spit in an envelope or you send them your fingernails or whatever the fuck? Forever no, Forever 21 is a fucking clothing store. I know my brain is just fried, but it's um 21 and over 21 and genea- the genealogy fucking thing. Jesus, how can I not figure this fucking out? I am furious at myself, but I hear the thing. You all fell for that. And everybody's like, here, I'm going to spit in a fucking envelope and mail it to the government. And then the next thing you know, they make 10 of you. And that's who's working the protests now at the fucking dark shields on their face. No name tag. If you, I, I want to see that. I want to see some fucking bullshit. Logan's run John Carpenter scenario where you go to a protest and you approach the front line. and There's a guy with a dark mask on and he lifts it and he looks exactly like you. And you're like, what the fuck? I shouldn't have mailed a toenail to the government. How could you, how could you trust Steve Mnuchin with your toenails? God damn it. What, what's wrong with you? 
And now uh, different versions of you, you know what? I, I'm not, I'm going to say this and the truth's going to hurt better versions of you. Oh, aren't there fucking everybody up on the street? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the fact that you sent three hair follicles to the government and systemic racism will now continue for a decade, at least another decade, just from your three hair follicles. Now think of everybody else who also sent three hair follicles and we now will have systemic racism into the next fucking generation. And by that, I mean the next generation after that. We can't scrub this planet fast enough, right? We need to get rid of everybody except me. Just me walking around. But then I can't do the show. Well, no, I'd do the show anyway. Who the fuck am I kidding? Be walking around fucking trying to get a coconut spear and a fish talking about whatever the fuck. Talking bitching about Dimitri Martin to a fucking chimp. <laughs> There's enough dead monkeys in that movie. I would have talked in the lab. All these monkeys are dead. They're throwing them in a bag. And I'm like, well, Dimitri must have been running some new jokes. He's a lovely man. Relax. I'm sure he's terrific and everybody loves him. And he's so rich and and. Certainly doesn't seem to me like the human version of a snow globe. Absolutely not. He doesn't seem like that at all. He seems like a very solid bedrock of a gentleman. I'm sure he's a wonderful person and everybody loves him. I bet he's interesting and I bet he'd be lovely to meet. Uh, But I've never met him because he's busy selling out 10,000 seat theaters. And the only thing I have 10,000 of is fucking gripes about Dimitri Martin. Uh, But not really. That's not that seems too many. Right. Doesn't that seem like a lot? What if I just had one gripe? He's better than me. <laughs> That's a gripe, right? I could break that up into 10,000 little gripes, but I'll group them all together right under the umbrella of one giant gripe. He's better than me. Uh, better? Hmm. Eh, it's more successful? Certainly. Uh, better? Hmm. I don't know. Although I could have played a blowhard fucking doctor in that movie. I could have winked at somebody and said I had a good Thanksgiving. I could have sat at a computer and said, whoa, where'd you come from? When new data showed up, why am I not casting these things? Somebody put me in your movie. Somebody call me immediately and go, I need it. You know what? We need fat smart ass. Let's get that fucking guy on the phone. Uh, and I'm sure there's a hundred fat smart asses you can call. Actually, check that. There's a hundred thousand fat smart asses that you can call. I'm sure. I'm sure Rebel Wilson is getting all the parts I'd be perfect for. Isn't that a drag? Uh, but she's, she's, uh, she's not a uh, fat smart ass. She's Zoftig. She's a, uh, she's just a presence. That's what she is. I'm fat. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. I don't hear you write me fucking letters. Uh, although maybe I do, you know what? Maybe go ahead and write me some letters, send them to the PO box, seal them with your own personal wax stamp. And I'll be guaranteed to read them on the air. I'm going to say this right now. If you send me a fucking email, like a mail, like a letter, like a legitimate letter. And I'm not talking with fucking anthrax in the envelope. Don't fuck me up. All right. Don't be that guy. But if you sent me like a letter with some bullshit written on a bunch of pieces of paper stuffed through an envelope, and then you sealed it with hot wax with your own fucking personal, uh, like what is it? A, uh, crest, your family crest. I read that shit on the air and you know me, I don't read letters on the air. I'm not that guy. I don't read viewer mail. Uh, who the fuck am I? Letterman? I wish. Oh my God. How great would that be? What do you think Letterman thinks of Dimitri Martin? You think he's great? I don't think he thinks of him at all. He John Hams him. I don't think of you at all. Uh, although what if he did? What if I found out that Letterman was like Dimitri Martin's biggest fan and benefactor? Like he saw Dimitri Martin one night doing open mic stuff. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you all the money I can until somebody puts you in a movie about medicine. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do, man. Uh, you're the new Gallagher with your fucking, uh, hey, check out this bike and whatever the fuck. Oh, banana seat. Why? I don't even like bananas. Wah, wah, wah. Please put me in your movie. And then Steven Soderbergh did. Oh, man, I don't I don't mean to sound like a bitter person. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm just upset that I'm not going to Ireland. See, if I went to Ireland, this would all be okay. I'd drink a, I'd drink a Bushmills or a smooth Irish whiskey and I would take the edge off. That's what I was really looking forward to doing was going because I mean, everybody's like, dude, you, uh, you've got to have an I, I don't know who this guy is. See the Beatles. It's all the Beatles in one accent. You've got to have you've got to you get John, John. You've got to have a, a pint of Guinness in Ireland, you do. I don't know what that voice is. Uh, who was I trying to do? I was trying to do a voice the other day. Australian. I can't do Australia. It's one of those things where like, I, I pretend like I'm talking Australian. 
and I'll do it for an hour, which and, and that seems aggressive. I'll do it for four minutes and I'll hit a stride for like 15 seconds. Or I'm like, that totally sounds like an Australian guy. Uh, but then it's just me doing Jocko and screaming. That'll surprise you. Nianajoiza. See, I can mimic a guy saying Australian stuff. But if you told me just sentences to say, like if I, uh, oh, I don't have anything here that I could read. Maybe I do. Let's go. <laughs> let's look over here. Let's see if I can read this in an Australian accent. All right. Brace yourselves. Ahem. Uh. 50% off any plate with purchase of a drink, mate. Valid this location only. Lancashire Boulevard, North Hollywood. No, didn't do it. See, I lost it halfway through. Oh, no, Hawaiian barbecue. Aloha in every bite, mate. Uh, throw another spam musabi on the barbie and eat like a Hawaiian in fucking North, North Hollywood. Why? Why do I want to do that? If I want to eat Hawaiian, I'll go to Hawaii. I'll go Hawaiian like fucking Gidget. I'll go to Blue Hawaii like fucking Elvis. I'll have some blue wasabi. You want to give me a spam wasabi? I'll get some blue wasabi. In blue wasabi. Uh, remember John the Beast wasabi? No, you don't. Because <laughs> it was Mugabe. Uh, why is he in my head? John the Beast Mugabe. That was a dude. I liked him. He was one of these boxers. Uh, he, literally, his record was like 39 and 6 with 39 knockouts because he was a fuckhead who just walked to the middle of the ring swinging. Uh, he, he just threw power punches. That's all he did. He was not a boxer by any stretch of the imagination. And I think it's terrible. Terry Norris who fucked him up after Mugabe finally won the belt. Everybody's like, John, because that's dude, that name is fucking gorgeous. John, the beast Mugabe. Because because it's look, it, granted, it's a boxer, uh, but it also sounds like it could be a junta warlord in Somalia, doesn't it? And, and like neighbors just whispering under their breath, they dare, they dare, dare not say his name aloud. John, the beast Mugabe is on his way. What? Like Idris Elba should play John the Beast Mugabe in a fucking movie, man. Just fucking dudes up. Um, so John the Beast Mugabe got fucking, he got, he got murked by terrible Terry Norris. And terrible Terry Norris wasn't like uh, Captain Knockout. He wasn't even a guy with fucking knockout power. But John Mugabe just basically walked into a propeller and got knocked the fuck out. It was brutal. Um, so <laughs> why am I talking about? Look, when you hit play on this show, you never know what's going to happen. You might hear you might hear a, a bad Australian accent, or you might hear uh, you know literally a minute about John the Beast Mugabe. Don't get me started on Ernie Shavers. I'll talk about Ernie Shavers and scare the fuck out of everybody here. Don't let me tell you about Mike Weaver and John Tate. Oh, go Google it. Just Google Mike Weaver and John Tate. You'll know what I'm talking about. You'll see the excitement I watched on a Friday night boxing one time on ABC. I think Cosell called that fight. Oh my God, John fucking Tate against Mike Weaver. What a fight. What a fight. What about Jimmy Young versus Muhammad Ali? What a fight. I don't know if Jimmy Young fought Muhammad Ali. Did he? I don't know. I had a boxing game and they were all kind of in that same era. It was like Frazier, Shavers, Foreman, Norton, Ali, and uh, Jimmy Young was always this kind of underrated dude who was always kind of there. Ah, let's talk boxing, right? This is what I wanted to bring to Ireland. I would have done this. If Ireland would have fucking hired me, I would have gone there. But then I guess uh, there's no black people in fucking Ireland. So it would have been like, I would have been like, yeah, man, John the Beast Mugabe. And they're like, do you mean gentleman Jim Corbett? Put your hands up, sir. And I'd be like, I don't know. Is he Irish too? You like him? Do you mean Irish Jim St. Swithin's Day? He was a terrific boxer. Why, I'll tell you what. Let's go out to the meadow and throw a couple of ham-hacked fists. Uh, I No, I refuse. I will not fight you in Ireland. I will not fight you here or there. I'm the Sam I am of not fighting you. Um... <laughs> so, so I'm not going to Ireland. And, uh, and again, like I said, not my fault. We know whose fault it is. It's, it's a, it's a fucking, it's, it's the fault of a bat, right? That's who it is. Did we ever find patient bat zero? Did we ever find that guy? He's probably still alive. What if he was, what if that bat is just fucking laughing his ass off at all of us? He went to a bat meeting. They're all just like, and, and, cause look, bats normally are like, ah, dude, I totally buzzed the tower on this guy and I scared the shit out of him in the middle of the night. 
And then there's like fucking Lester Bat, and he's just like, oh, really? You know what I did? I took a shit in somebody's soup. He ate it, and now everybody's dead. It's fucking hysterical. They're like, I'm sorry, what? Lester, we're bats. We're pranksters. We're not murderers. And you're like, yeah, you know what? And that's why we're not getting anywhere. That's why when people talk about the animal kingdom, they talk about the fucking lion. Lion is the king of the goddamn jungle. Well, I'll tell you what. It's about time we bats stood up and got counted, and I'm doing it right now. Because you know what I do? I fucking go. I shit in somebody's soup. They eat it, and everybody fucking dies. That's how Lester Bat handles his business. I think the rest of you better get in fucking line. And they're like, but we, uh, we, we, we like, we're like biting people. That's it. Maybe like maybe. And that's just like a movie myth. Like there might be a, one of us might grow up to be a Dracula. That's all we could hope for is bats. And Lester's like, see, you're thinking fucking small. All you motherfuckers are like, Ooh, someday I might grow up to be a Dracula. Bullshit, man. Lester Bat steps up, shits in a soup, murders the planet. That's how I handle my fucking business. God damn it. And the other bats now are talking about it. Don't think they're not. Don't think the other bats haven't thought to themselves, Jesus Christ, Lester Bat gets things done. I understand he was just voted president of the bats. <laughs> they had an election and, uh, and he ran. He ran on a platform of, of soup shitting and talking smack. And look what happened. Lester Bat gets voted president. President Lester Bat. I'm sure he's got a fucking, oh, he's got a fucking jacket with a bunch of epaulets on it. If you see a jacket, if you see a jacketed bat, if you see a bat jacket with epaulets, some, if you see like a Michael Jackson looking fucking bat, if you see an Idi Amin looking bat with a bunch of fucking epaulots on his fucking jacket and a bunch of medals, that's fucking President Lester Bat. And he's ready to fuck up the rest of the human race if we don't fucking calm down and step out of his way. We got to turn this planet over to the bats. They're sending a message loud and clear. They want the goddamn planet. They're drawing a line in the fucking bat sand. They're like, fuck you, man. This planet is ours. And he's like, you know what? President Lester Bat is like the Cyrus of the bats. Can you count, suckers? I say the future is ours. Who is prepared to shit in a soup alongside me, President Lester Bat? And everybody's like, well, I, all right. I was planning on growing up to maybe be a Dracula, but I'll shit in some soup. And that's what they're all doing. They're planning right now. Do me a favor. Put a lid in all your soups. Cause you never know when they're coming. You could be in a house. You could be in a house with the doors all locked, windows all closed, thinking you're safe, eating a clandestine soup. And out of nowhere, fucking bat swoops in drops a load in your fucking soup you're like ah and then <laughs> look we can all avoid this by not eating the soup but you know what soup is so delicious how can you pass up on soup i gotta be honest if it's the right soup i think i'd eat it even with a fucking a pile of bat shit in it i would eat a, i would eat a clam chowder i would eat a wonton soup with a pile of bat shit in it if you wrapped it in a noodle because look do you know what a wonton is for real no you don't it's just a noodle with a bunch of weird shit in it what if that's bat shit what if it's bat shit, rat shit, dirty old twat, 69 assholes tied in a knot? Hooray, lizard shit, fuck. That's a George Carlin bit. Take that to the goddamn bank. Don't think the bats don't know about Carlin's bits. You know what? I bet the bats got Carlin. They went after him first. They thought, you know what? This is the guy we got to fucking take out. That's their leader. That's the sensible one. And now they've watched us fall into disarray. You know, what? this all started with Osama, <laughs> Osama Bat Laden. I couldn't even get it out because I wanted to say Osama Bat Laden. Uh, uh, but I, I was going to whatever, who cares? The bit's over, right? The bat's over. This bat's not over. No, the bat, the bat's not over, but the bit is over. Certainly. I'm not going to, uh, I learned, I don't know if I've mentioned that to you guys, uh, because of this, this nonsense and this germ. And I, I, and this is, you know what? Here's the thing. It fucks with your life in ways you didn't even forecast because, you know, I'm 53 years old. I don't have much of a future. Certainly don't have any savings. And I got no insurance. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And and my entire, you know, out here, they're like, hey, let's try to win the lottery. Because that's what it is now. Everybody's like trying to win the fucking lottery so they can stay alive another week. Uh, but here's, I was opening up to an international search. 
Like I was hoping over the, to go over there and fucking four leaf clover. I was going to find a four leaf clover and that's fucking, isn't that a lucky ass shamrock? And then I got a prize. Um, and of course we, we all know about leprechauns and pots of gold and chasing them and rainbows and whatever the fuck I was willing to give that a shot. I was going, you thought it was a two week vacation. Bullshit. It was a two week shamrock and leprechaun hunt. I'm going on the, that's a fucking investment plan. Other people have IRAs. Hey, I have a Roth IRA. Really? Uh, you know what? I have a net. What do you mean a net? Yeah. I got a ticket to Ireland and a fucking net. I'm going to either scoop up some shamrocks or catch myself a leprechaun and get myself a pot of gold. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do with a corncob pipe in your mouth? Uh, I've been doing a corncob pipe the entire fucking show. All right. Um, and that's the thing. I wanted to go to Ireland to try to search for shamrocks or search for leprechauns or to do what I could to find my fortune, find my future. I was hoping like, because again, we're from Kerry. Maybe there's like a Schmidt castle there. I don't even know about, or no, it would be Anderson castle. My mom's maiden name is Anderson. Uh, so it would be Anderson Castle. Is there an Anderson Castle in Ireland? Ooh. And what, oh, what if there is? And what if it's like uh, if you can spend the night in Anderson Castle, you get the castle and everything in it? Ah, see, that's what I want to do. Some old school Vincent Price bullshit where like somebody's locked in an Iron Maiden and everybody's screaming and I got to eat wax fruit. That's what I want. I want to go to fucking Ireland and make that shit happen. Step out of my way. I'm getting off the plane, going out to fucking Anderson Castle and grabbing some sleep amidst the cobwebs and bridal veils for the bride who never got married because her husband was claimed by a ghost. Oh, there'll be rattling chains in the middle of the night and probably a voice of Eddie Albert coming from the basement. Who knows? It'll be spooky as hell. And yet I will still survive the night in Anderson Castle because I'm fucking determined, man, Uh, because there's nothing for me here. There's nothing here. There's nothing left in America for me. But whoa. So I need to. And I don't mean W.H.O. There's that's that's not a Keanu. Whoa. There is W.O.E. That's all that's left for me here in America is whoa. Tears and woe, which is why I wanted to bring my special brand of complaining and screaming into a microphone over to Ireland. You know what? It'd probably my voice would probably even sound different over there. I might gain a lilt. Uh, Beach has a lilt in her voice because she can do an Irish accent very perfectly. And then uh, and then I try to do it back. And it's just so it's so clunky. Like she's she'll be like, ah, darling, I hope you're having a good afternoon or whatever the fuck. And I'm like and I'll be like, right. And then a tooth flies out of my mouth. And everybody's like, what the fuck, man? It's like, hey, man, I don't know. My gums are anti-Irish. Literally, if you look in my mouth, there's a sign that says no Irish. I didn't understand it. I don't know why it's there, but it's right there. It says no Irish and a fucking. So when I tried to do it right, a fucking tooth comes flying out, hits a guy in the skull. Uh, and then he thinks I threw it at him. And I'm like, look, let me ask you something stupid. If I had a loose tooth, am I going to yank it out of my mouth and whip it at you? No, I don't fucking think so. Because you just heard I got no money and no plans. That tooth's going under a fucking pillow. I wouldn't risk you fucking scooping up my teeth, running into the goddamn night, and the next morning getting shiny new quarters that I should have fucking had so I could have made a fucking phone call, goddammit. But no, you think that I'm a fucking jagoff who's going to have a tooth fly out of my mouth and then waste it by throwing it at you? Fuck off. Because I'll tell you what, if a tooth falls out of my fucking head, not only do I put it under the pillow to try to get a quarter, but also, you know what I sleep with? You're goddamn right, a motherfucking net. You think it's just for shamrocks and leprechauns? Fuck that, I'm catching the tooth fairy. I'm gonna scoop her the fuck up, Glenda the Good Witch style. She can click her fucking heels, but it won't matter. She can buzz her dragonfly wings, and I'm gonna put her in a goddamn jar, poke some holes in the top. I'm gonna go, you know what? Here's the plan. Uh, I'm gonna feed you some rat poison. You're gonna go shit in somebody's soup. This is great. I stole the bat's plan right off from under him. You know what I do, actually? I go the other way. Not even. I go a different way. I fucking shit in the bat soup. When the bats are eating soup at lunch... I fucking, I unleash my tooth fairy and she just drops fucking loads in their soup and they eat it because they're like, ah, whatever the fuck, couldn't hurt us. And all the bats die. 
Yeah, fuck you, President Lester Bat. You want a piece of me? Because I've got a plan. I'm going to scoop the tooth fairy into a fishing net, and I'm going to fucking feed her rat poison that she drops into your goddamn bat soup, and then you're dead. Assassination from the inside, baby. And then it's, you know what? You'll probably think to yourself, well, it doesn't matter. The, the bats will be unified. No. Once you die, President Lester Bat, with your Cyrus bullshit, the cops are here. They fucking turn on the headlights, and everybody comes out, and then that dude from fucking 48 Hours, Luther, is banging fucking, fucking beer bottles together and screaming, Lester Bat, come out and play. And then everybody's fucking scrambled because I shit in your fucking bat soup or I didn't. The tooth fairy did with a poisonous ass. Oh, dude, I just give the tooth fairy a poisonous ass by having her eat some goddamn decon. Swallow this decon and go shit in a bat soup. And she's like, yes, sir. Because uh, she fucking, you know what? Here's the thing. The to- you think the tooth fairy wants to be the fucking tooth fairy? No, I don't think she does. She's she's been doing this for fucking centuries. She just wants to have some time off. Let me ask you this. You think Santa works hard, right? You're like fucking Santa Christmas night. That motherfucker is all over the world dropping off gifts. Great. You know what I call Santa? A fucking lazy pussy. That's right. You know why? Because the tooth fairy every fucking night, she's like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the plane. Uh, he, she's she's like, hey, tell your old tell you tell your old man Santa to fucking deliver fucking quarters to everybody every fucking night. Bust his ass running up and down the goddamn court, flying to and from every state. Because Santa, look, he's like, yeah, every house, whatever the fuck, presents one day. Big deal. Then he goes home, he gets head from fucking Mrs. Claus, eats a cookie and sleeps for fucking four months. Comes out, throws some fucking corn to the fucking uh, uh, the deer, unicorns, whatever the fuck. Uh, gets his teeth worked on by Herbie. Goes and says hi to the Bumble and then goes and fucking grabs another nap for four months. That dude's ready. He's just fucking outsourcing it all at this point. He's not even he's not even fucking trying, man. One fucking night of work. God damn it, Santa. And then you have the nerve to be like, Mom, I am tired and so sick. Oh, really? Well, I get news for you. The tooth fairy is fucking up the program every goddamn night. You know, she's like, literally, she's in Rhode Island. She's like, oh, man, this kid lost a tooth in Rhode Island. And then her beeper goes off. That's the custom tone for the tooth fairy and her beeper. And it says, hey, a kid in Zimbabwe just lost a tooth. Well, now she's got to fly over there. She gets to fucking Zimbabwe and some Luxembourg. She's up in the air. Zoom. Siberia. And she's and every night. Every night, putting in the motherfucking air miles, wearing out those dragonfly wings and uh, and that ridiculous negligee that she has to wear. Yeah, that's right. She wears a negligee. You think she's all bundled up? She's got to be. You know, I'm surprised she's not fucking naked. The only reason she's not naked is because she just wants some kid to wake up and just go, holy shit, I just saw the fucking tooth fairies clam. And because that would dude, some kid would lose his fucking mind. If I woke up in the middle of the night, because first of all, I'm traumatized. All right. Part of my body has fallen out of its fucking place. If I'm a little kid already. I've lost a tooth. I'm freaking the fuck out because I never know it's going to grow back. I'm a little kid. And everybody's like, here's the grossest thing. It was like, put it under your pillow. Like, What the fuck are you talking about? Yesterday, this thing was biting hard into some pot roast. And now it's an, I'm supposed to put it in my bed. Yes, put it in your bed. You won't believe what happens. It's like, all right, I'll put it in my bed. You put it in your bed under the goddamn pillow. And I'm freaked out because it's a body part. Dude, if you cut your finger off with a bandsaw, nobody says put it on your fucking pillow for the fucking finger fairy. That shit don't happen. No, fucking everybody's just like, hey, man, you should fucking put that on ice and try to get its own back on. Well, I wanted to do it with my tooth. I'm like, should I put this on ice so a dentist can hammer it back into my mouth? They're like, fuck no, get a quarter. I'm like, all right, I guess. So I put it under my pillow and then I'm sweating because I'm like, ugh, this is disgusting. I mean, I, there's a fucking tooth under my pillow. Like, if I, Am I in fucking Texas Chainsaw? Do I live in a graveyard? What if that's like, is, is my, seriously, is my fucking bed the pet cemetery? Like if a parakeet died, do I put it under my pillow and hope the fucking dead parakeet fairy comes and gives me a new pet? 
This just made the myth falls apart on its face. But I'll tell you what, again, the tooth fairy, she wears as little clothing as possible because she's flying to and fucking fro, but she has to wear the negligee because if she busts in and I'm asleep and I'm already, like I said, I'm already fucking half freaked out because my tooth fell out of my fucking head and I don't know what to do with that. And everybody said, put it under the pillow. So I'm now in bed with a body part. That's freaky as fuck. And then I try to go to sleep, but I got one eye open. I sleep with one eye open, uh, gripping my pillow tight. I'm not going to lie to you. And, uh, and sure enough, I hear like a rumpsle, a rustling noise, a rustling of wings. <laughs> Like that, in my, like that is a rustling. And I, and I open my eyes and right there, bang, eye level, tooth fairy clam. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? And you know, she's smooth as fuck. She's got it. Because again, it's even, it's not even about her going like, aesthetically, I want my fucking Vedra to look good. I got, I got to have a fucking smooth ass gupper. That's what I wanted. No, 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 no. It's, it's for fucking flying. It's not for cosmetic reasons. Again, like I said, it's pure aesthetics. She's flying. She needs as little drag as possible. So she fucking just waxes it all off. She was actually the first person who invented waxing. You think Brazilians did it? No, it's the fucking tooth fairy. And what happened was some fucking little uh, uh, Hafael over there woke up and saw the fucking tooth fairy smooth clam and went, I got a fucking idea. Aye, aye. Uh, I don't know why he said that. It seemed weird, probably. Um, but then he invented waxing and that's what happened. And then somebody invented sugar waxing and then somebody invented bleaching assholes. And then and, and look, and here's the thing. I say this to you with all honesty. Uh, you know, bleaching, bleaching assholes. That's a thing, right? And everybody does it. And they're like, yay, look, my asshole. I don't know. It, it'll wink at you now. And you can see it instead of staring directly into a brown eye. It's now a less brown eye because nobody ever bleaches it super clean, right? You're, you're, and why would you want your asshole to match the rest of you? It doesn't make any sense. It needs to be like a pirate map. It needs to be X marks the spot. Look for the brown spot and, uh, and bury your face in it. That's it. You're like, you're like the fucking Magellan of eating ass. You're looking, you're moving. You're like, ah, there you go. Brown marks the spot, but boom. And then, and then flutter those wings. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't, they, so you invent the bleaching the asshole and everybody's like, uh, that's weird. And you're like, really? Is that weird? Because if you remember four minutes ago, uh, I just told you that children the world over are encouraged to put their useless body parts under their pillows. What a, what a race of ghouls we are. No wonder the bats are shitting in our soup. They can't believe that we're putting our body parts under pillows. Jesus Christ, what happened to us, man? We used to be fucking important. You think Thomas Jefferson put his tooth under his pillow? No. You think George Washington? Well, actually, George Washington did because he, uh, you know why? Because he had enough, te- he, he lost enough teeth to buy a plantation. Literally, George Washington, uh, he, he lost so many teeth, he was able to buy a plantation and two slaves and that's why and then he went straight wooden choppers. He's like, yeah, and, and you know what? He made, he didn't chop down the cherry tree. He made the two slaves that he purchased chop down the cherry tree so he could fashion them into teeth for himself. Uh, yeah, that's, he's not a good guy. George Washington, not a good fella. That's why he's on the one. Everybody's like, ah, fucking George Washington, father of our country. Oh yeah, we think a lot of that guy, huh? That's why we put him on the one. Ben Franklin's on the hundred. He's like, fuck you, Washington. I invented glasses. And he's then George Washington's like, hey man, I'm the fucking father of this country. There's a badass song about me being in control who women love my snuff and my gallant stroll. And Ben Franklin's like, fuck you. Watch this kite electricity. And he's the only reason I'm bringing you this broadcast right now. You're like, well, George Washington defeated the Hessians head to head. He beat the Redcoats and whatever the fuck. Yeah. Great. Nice achievement. You know what we'll do? We'll put you on the one. (laughs) You're on the fucking one father of our country. Hey, man, where should we put this guy? What if we had a thousand dollar bill? What if we had a one hundred thousand dollar bill? Let me hear me out. What if we put him on the one? Well, that doesn't seem like any sort of tribute at all. I don't give a fuck. Slave owner, wooden teeth, cherry tree, bullshit. Father of our country. 
he uh, he was half in the bag all the time. Uh, that's a lie. I look. All right. I've said a lot of things in this show, and some of them may be considered controversial. Uh, but probably saying that George Washington was an alcoholic is going to be chief among them. And I go ahead and withdraw that respectfully. I don't know anything about the man and his drinking habits, although I'm sure he pounded right. He had to do that. And, but back then it was like, you know, fucking whiskey that they brewed in a chick's shoe. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, here you go, Betsy Ross. Give us your panties. We got to strain this whiskey into your shoe and drink it in six months. But then they all died of dysentery because they, nobody lived past fucking five months. So they're like, oh, this is, that's why aged whiskey became a thing. You know, people like Rotgut back then because they had to get fucked up fast because they knew they were going to die instantly. They're like, hey, man, did you hear that the fucking bug is going around? What bug? I don't know. Pick one. Rubella, whatever the fuck, salmonella, some bullshit's happening. I mean, we're eating fish right out of the fucking water. But then there's some fish we bury in the ground and eat in six months. What's wrong with us? Hey, you ever wonder why half our population died? It's because we're eating deer meat. We stored outside in the sun. We're fucking idiots. Yeah, we came over here on a boat. Everybody's fucking each other in the ass and wondering about what America's going to be like. Well, I got news for you. Uh, America was pretty cool until a boat full of ass fuckers came over and then changed the fucking game. Did you realize that? They were all on there. They're like, oh, man, we're coming from England. We're going to go start the new colonies. Yes. And then on the way over, they all jerked each other off and came in their pilgrim hats and fucked everybody and corn cobs in the asshole, whatever the fuck. They had just crazy grab ass and group fucking orgies. Every woman just lined up in the morning and just went, all right, just fucking rape me. I guess that's happening because they're, you know, there's no way the pilgrims were nice to anybody on a boat. And they were like, I'm so excited for America. And yeah, you should be because America was an awesome, pristine, cool ass place. And then you got here and it was full of fucking cord cobbing ass fuckers, women rapers. What the fuck, you dicks? Go back home. Go back. Go back to England and go in your prison. Um, and I know some of you are going to be like, oh, well, you know what, Meg? If it wasn't for the English coming over here, you wouldn't be here right now. Oh, really? Oh, really? What if I was? What if I could be? What if what if my grand uh, great grandparents came over from Kerry on a nice boat? A nice boat that just ate fucking uh, gruel and and uh, special Irish dishes like boiled whatever the fuck. And then they come over here and they climb off the boat. and They're like, arba, harba, sharba, harba. And they're like, yes, this is awesome. And they meet the fucking Native Americans. They're like, how you guys doing, man? Nice hair uh, headdresses. We like those. Those are cool. What's that paint? And the Irish guys are like, uh, you know what? We wanted to show you something. And they make whiskey that they're not brewing in Betsy Ross's fucking panties. They don't have to put it in a lady's shoe because it's just fucking whiskey because they're Irish and they're magic. They bring out one leprechaun and he like twinkles his nose like fucking Tabitha and bewitched but ding 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 and there's barrels of the best whiskey you've ever had in your fucking life and they just fucking get plowed with the Native Americans and then Sacagawea stands up and she's like I fucking love these dudes and then this whole town is like fucking Irish and American and Native American and it's just fucking perfect that's how my country would have been but instead the English got to come over here and fuck it up and it's like oh yes well I have some snuff and I'm going to wear a barrister wig now and watch me I'm going to bugger my friend Fuck off, man. Quit banging your friend and then bringing that shit to America. You get off the fucking boat. You're like, who can I bugger here, man? Oh, savages. Fuck you. They're not savages. They lived here before you, man. They were here. Everything was peaceful. Uh, you know, and then the fucking then came the white dogs. Uh, they couldn't see their big, thick and empty heads. They couldn't see past the billfold. They wanted all the buffalo. They wanted to fucking bugger the savages. Well, you don't do that, man. And again, they're not savages. This is completely true. Did you know that Native Americans invented penicillin? They did. They had stockpiles of it. They, were, they kept it in the room with the jerky. They had a sweat lodge full of jerky and penicillin before Jonas Salk even stole the fucking recipe because a bunch of people went ahead and shot. Because you know what? It, Native Americans, this is, total, this is completely true. They invented penicillin. They invented reading. Nobody read on the planet at all. They invented uh, the, the Gutenberg Press. 
Uh, they invented cuneiform, which was a completely different way of doing stuff. They invented close-up mag- magic. The Indians did that as well, the Native Americans. And uh, and this is the thing. They invented, uh, 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 what was it, cologne. They invented cologne, Now, which is all fine. But uh, And all of that is great. It advances society in ways you can't believe, except for the cologne, which seems weird that I don't know why the Native Americans did that, but probably because they're fucking, look, they sm- you smell like buffalo guts all day. You're like, Jesus Christ, that might want to smell like Dracar Noir. And then you sprayed Dracar Noir on yourself, and you're like, eh, buffalo guts wasn't so bad. Um, and look, I'm being shitty. If you're 21 years old, Dracar Noir is fucking perfect. Go ahead and bathe yourself in it, man. Just go ahead and douse yourself in some Dracar. I don't care if you're 21 years old or Armenian. You're going to love that Dracar. Just pour it all over yourself, baby. Get higher, baby. Higher, baby. Higher, baby. And don't ever come down. Dracar. Squirt, 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 squirt. Uh, <laughs> so the engines invented all that stuff. Engines is probably not the correct word to use there, <laughs> but the Indians invented all that stuff, right? The native American guys. And then, uh, and all, all of their inventions were solid. Uh, they wrote the Magna Carta, which was also a cool ass thing to do. They were, they were on top of it. They, they invented uh, fine dining. They invented the linen napkin. This is what the native Americans contributed to society. They invented all this stuff. They had sweat lodges full of linen napkins. They had a great society going. Everything was wonderful. And then Americans came over here, whatever the fuck, or English, or whoever you want to call them. And you know what they invented? Here's here's the only thing we invented: the gun. And uh, I got news for you: if you invent the gun, then uh, you can say you invented the linen napkins as well. If you if you invent the gun, and you kill all the motherfuckers who invented the linen napkin and cologne and wrote the Magna Carta, uh, then you can say you invented all that shit yourself. And that's what we did. That's what we did. We just peeled caps on all these people. We just loaded our muskets and shot them uh, as, they, as they they tried to. They were literally and they printed out. They tried. They were they were printing out on the uh, on the the on the Geronimo Press. They were running the Stephen Gutenberg uh, Press and they were running the like the, uh, the the Geronimo Tribune, sending it out to the motherfucking Indians. They're like, hey, this is terrible news. These new fuckheads who've been buggering each other on a boat invented the gun and we're in fucking trouble, man. And I was in like 16 font point type. Actually, engines and engines stop. The Native Americans invented Helvetica. Did you know that they invented Helvetica? And that's what they printed the fucking Geronimo Times in on the Gutenberg Press, and they dispensed it with everybody. Uh, and and the English didn't care. They shot them. They stole all of it. They took they took the printed word. Well, they took the printed word. <laughs> God damn, I'm funny. Not going to Ireland. Disappointed. Will not lie to you or your friends or anybody that you've ever met in your life. I I really wanted to go. Our friends Alex and Laura were going to let me stay in their guest house, and they actually like I was I was joking about like maybe staying there and like living there, and they were like, well, and like they were actually considering it, but then they also told me, uh, but you have to tell the government that you're this guy or whatever the fuck because they you know they don't want everybody coming over there mooching, and I'm not looking to mooch, man. I'm just I'm just I'm here. I'm look, man. I'm just here for the Irish pussy and the fucking potatoes. That's it. I'm here for Irish pussy and boiled potatoes. That's my whole fucking life. That's my whole raison d'etre. That's what I'm trying to do, man. My raison d'etre is fucking boiled potatoes and fucking Irish pussy. Although I don't want a boiled potato. You guys bake potatoes over there? Can you fry me a potato? Ooh, can you make me a Leonese potato? Oh, there you go. Disc them up. Disc them up. Fucking little salt, little pepper, maybe a little garlic salt. Fry them up for me. Oh, that's a crispy Leonese potato. I have a Leonese potato fucking... Uh, uh, a galette, potato galette. Can you make me a potato galette? Is there an Irish potato galette you can make me? 
with a side of some blood sausage. Look, I'll even choke down your blood sausage if there's a fucking Irish potato galette to have on there. Um, <laughs> that's what, that's actually that's actually what Mrs. Claus says to Santa every fucking December 26th when he comes home. Look, man, I'll choke down your blood sausage if you go ahead and whip me up a potato galette because he's bored and he's fucking tired. He's like, dude, I just went to every house in the goddamn world and delivered toys. She's like, well, I'll, I'll gobble your blood sausage if you make me a nice potato galette. And he was like, you know what? Before I sleep for four months, hit your knees, woman, and get ready to have some starch. Uh, and she fucking blows Santa and then he makes her a potato galette and she wolfs it down as he snores for four months, four months. And then he rouses himself April 1st and he's like, oh, I'm going to get up now. And she's like, that's fantastic. He goes, April fucking fool. And he goes to sleep for four more months because Santa is a jag off. Please don't ever think otherwise. Everybody's like, oh, Santa, he's so great. He's delivering toys to everybody. Yeah. Who built those toys? Slaves. Fucking Santa owns slaves. slaves. They're slaves up there, these elves. One wants to be a goddamn dentist. He tells him no. He tells him no until he fucking goes out into the woods and he kills a fucking abominable snowman. That's the thing. You know, fucking Herbie had to kill an endangered species in order to become the fucking man he wanted to be. And yes, the Bumble, you're like, the Bumble didn't die. Well, really? Well, he fucking, he domesticated him. That's, that's as good as killing a fucking abominable snowman. Because the abominable snowman's out there. He's just like, fuck this. I'm going to eat a handful of birds today. Rawr. Everybody's like, Jesus, that's scary as fuck. Now he wakes up and he puts a fucking star on a Christmas tree. And everybody's like, yay, aren't you the best? See, they're teaching kids to be docile. They're teaching kids to fucking not rebel against authority. Santa's authority. Herbie tried to rebel. No, no, thank you. Not happening. But until Herbie proved himself by making an even greater being even more docile, then he could go ahead and they're like, all right, well, maybe we'll let you be a fucking dentist because you captured this gigantic fucking rug and made it put a star on the goddamn tree. And I know Yukon Cornelius is complicit as well. Let's not fucking forget that goddamn guy licking his pick. Don't lick your pick, Cornelius. That's fucking disgusting. How, how dare you pretend that you can taste gold? You can't taste gold. I've had gold in my mouth that has no taste. Uh, I'm not going to Ireland. I'm not going to Ireland, goddammit. And again, like I say to you, it's not my fault. This is not something I plan. I'm Jimmy Garvin. I'm gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. It's not my fault. Spray the air. Uh, I wanted to go. I was still planning on going. I wanted, I changed my flight. Because uh, look, I was supposed to go in fucking April. And then, uh, you know, when it, I realized that the world was ending, uh, I was like, all right, maybe September would be a good time to escape. I don't know why I even thought that. Hey, I'll bet this whole thing's cleared up in six months. No, it isn't. That was before I realized that nobody in fucking America was going to wear a mask without being held down and having it stapled to their fucking forehead. Jesus Christ. I foolishly, here's the thing, not joking. Foolishly in March, I thought, you know what? We're going to get through this. People are going to listen to scientists and we're going to wear masks. And, uh, and eventually this thing is going to go away to the point where I can go ahead and travel to fucking Ireland. So eh, six months probably works. Let's move it six months down the line. And I, what I didn't realize is that people would be shouting at grocery clerks. I didn't, I didn't realize people would be staggering into a big lots and yelling about the fucking don't tread on me flag. What the fuck is your problem? Hey, man, I'm here to buy a blender that's out of date. How dare you tell me to wear a mask? Oh, t- I'm, I'm here to buy some kids irregular pants, you fucks. Why would you make me wear a mask? Don't tread on me, you fucking dicks. It's big lots, you fucks. Some dude walks into CVS and he's like, yeah, man, I need to get like a, uh, oh, I don't know, like a, a, a Valentine's Day arrangement for somebody. And they're like, well, Valentine's Day was two months. And he goes, well, don't you have any like extra candy laying around? And they're like, well, we have candy. We have a candy aisle. 
By the way, could you put on a mask, sir? A mask? My country tis of the sweet land of liberty. Fuck you, you dick. You're not important. You're not special. Wear a mask. It's because of you ridiculously fucking inbred yokels that I can't go to fucking Ireland. I can't escape this this prison colony of a country because you fuckheads wouldn't be considerate for anybody. In two weeks, I, I'm not joking. I was supposed to leave in two weeks. In two fucking weeks, I was supposed to leave. Not even, less than two weeks. I was supposed to be in Ireland right now eating, eating, uh, uh, and staring and and like I said, macking an Irish pussy and doing whatever the fuck, just making it work, just just dancing with Leonardo DiCaprio in steerage. I would have been fucking perfect at it. It would have been great. Some guy with a fife and a drum and just fucking a flute. And we'd have been going to work and I would have been doing a fucking ridiculous river dance with Michael Flatley Jr. 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 Just fucking busting it out. Two fucking weeks of scooping up leprechauns and eating boiled potatoes and Irish pussy and just going to fucking work, dancing like a fucking dope, DiCaprio style, spinning a spinning a chick who looked like Kate Winslet around and just staring in her face and we both got ready to throw up on one another. It was goddamn awesome. That would have been happening in less than two weeks. But you fuckheads decided that you wanted to go ahead and invoke patriotism to prevent yourself from being good to other citizens. You fucking jagoffs. You won't wear masks. Just put a fucking Trumper sticker over your fucking face. That's right. I combined Trump and bumper sticker. I don't give a fuck. Put President Fuckneck sticker on your goddamn mouth. So next time you're filmed in your fucking monster truck screaming the N-word at somebody filming you and going, I don't care. It's America. I don't care. You fucking N-word. Just, just do me a favor. You, you ridiculous stealers of joy you you people who made sure i couldn't go to my fucking ancestral homeland just just pair off and spit in each other's mouths and give yourselves the fucking vid and then find a goddamn ventilator cock to suck and so your family's like boohoo i didn't know it was gonna happen he really wanted to see smash mouth you fucking jag off you sturgis motherfucker you guys these the hell's angels rolling out there and my favorite argument is like there's some fake story running around. It's like eight, 800,000 people are sick because of Sturgis. Well, that's not true. And then people are like, well, only one person got sick at Sturgis. Well, that's not true either. You know why? Because nothing's true anymore. The only thing that's true is that I am not going to fucking Ireland. In two weeks, I would have been there. It would have been fucking awesome. I would have been drinking every fucking weird whiskey. I would have been drinking a Guinness and staring, hating every second of every drop of every piece of fucking alcohol that went down my goddamn gullet. But I do. I'd, I'd be doing it. I wanted to fit in right now. I could be sitting at a table. Not now, two weeks, two weeks from now. I could be sitting at a table playing cribbage with a Seamus. And I don't mean a detective. I mean, a dude named Seamus, a fucking Eamon, someone named Killorn. I could be, I could be there with a fucking Killorn going to work. Just fucking the two of us hovered over our soup to make sure a bat doesn't shit in it. Just fucking eating like motherfuckers and talking about goddamn soap. It'd be lovely. Ah, so you know what? There's nothing better than talking about soup over soap. Oh, even better talking about soap over soup. If you're you're having a couple of bowls of hot soup and you're talking about soap, I go the other route. Again, nothing wrong with having a couple of bowls of hot soap and talking about soup. Mm -hmm. I'll choke down a big ass bowl of coast. Do that. 
What if they made a Coast breakfast cereal? God, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't taste like Coast soap, but it would be. Fuck you. I would make it actually bullshit. It's just little bars of Coast soap. Pour it in the bowl. Do it for when your kid swears. When your kid fucking swears, like, all right, you know what? You get the fucking Coast cereal. He's like, no. Oh, really? Oh, how about some zest? Your mouth's not fully clean unless it's zestfully clean. Quit saying fuck. Eat this bowl of zest. Dude, I would totally eat a bowl of zest. I'd eat a bowl of zest even if I didn't swear. Just to prove a goddamn point. And just because zest is beautiful. You ever look at soap and think it's so beautiful you want to take a bite out of it? When I was a kid, I always did. Irish Spring was a, was a killer because it's super green. Zest has that blue. Like, I don't want to bake Dove soap because it's just white. That just looks like a fucking candle waiting to happen. But a blue or a green, like a fucking green-ass Irish Spring soap, I wanted to bite the fuck out of it. Often did. I think I'd, I was fed soap a few times when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, because for swearing or whatever the fuck. I remember one distinctly because I remember the taste. I remember the taste of soap. Uh, and to this day, and again, you'll never forget it. You bite a fucking thing of soap and then you fucking accidentally get soap in your mouth in the shower or whatever the fuck. And then it flashes back immediately to when you were six uh, and your dad drunkenly jammed a bar of soap in your fucking mouth to get you to shut the fuck up. Uh, or you swore and you needed to be taught a lesson. Who knows? It's, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Which one it is, I can't possibly narrow down for you right now. I'm not going to Ireland. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I don't get it. Uh, and again, not my choice. Uh, not my fault. I, because we can't leave. That's the point. We can't go anywhere. I wanted to still go. Uh, but I moved the flight, like I said, from May to September. And I'm like, all right, let's move this flight from whatever. From then to then. That'll be fine. So from May to September, I went to move it. And uh, I did. And everything was fine. And then now September is here. Um, like rapidly fucking approaching the, the, the day of my flight, which was the 23rd. So about a week ago, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try to, uh, and move this flight. So it was, uh, I sat down. You, what if I described every beat? I sat down, uh, I, I scooched into my chair. I took a sip of water. I opened my laptop. I pressed some buttons. Shut up. Um, what happened was see, see, see what happened was, uh, I went to the website for Aer Lingus. Uh, which is a cunning website. Don't lie to yourself. It's a cunning, that's a cunning airline. <laughs> Air Lingus is the most cunning airline you can find. And uh, in fact, I, I, you know what? I booked it when I saw Air Lingus. I could not wait for the in-flight meal. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, oh Christ, this, this is something I can get behind <laughs> or in front of. Uh so I book Air Lingus, right? And then I book the flight. Everything's fine. And then I sit down and I move it. I move it to September. So I sit down last week and I'm like, all right, I got to fucking switch this goddamn thing because, again, no, it's not my choice. You, I can't leave. Like the country won't let me go. It's not even, I don't even know if Ireland will let me in. I can't look on their end. You know what I mean? But on, on this end, uh, I know that that our, to quote Marcellus Wallace, is said, uh, your West Coast privileges have been revoked. Well, our, our, our fucking globe privileges have been revoked here in fucking uh, America. I can't go to Canada. Probably couldn't go to Mexico. But Ireland was the plan. So I sat down to switch it and I tried to switch the flight. Actually, you know, I did it uh, not just a week ago. It was a couple of days. Two, it was like 10 days ago. So I tried to switch it and I got online and I went through the fucking steps because the, here's the deal. They, uh, they will move the flight for you uh, and you you have no change fees, but you have to pay any difference there is in ticket price. So if I paid a thousand dollars for the ticket to Ireland and the new ticket was twelve hundred, I was on the hook for two hundred bucks, germ or no fucking germ. 
So I was like, all right, well, I got to fucking, I got to dance around and find the right dates. Uh, so I sat down and I looked, I'm like, all right, well, let's go here and let's do this. And, uh, I decided to go again with May of next year. I'm like, well, that seems like that might be safe enough. I mean, who fucking knows, man, there, there might not even be a fucking America in May. I don't know. I, I may have fled to another place. Maybe we all have fled to another place. Uh, maybe they, they built walls around this fucking joint. Like, like it was supposed to be like New York was a maximum state prison. How about if the United States was a maximum state prison? We're now, we're now the fucking reverse Australia where, where it used to be a penal colony. Now it's a country. Well, well, we were a country that now became a penal colony. So who the fuck knows in May? I get no idea. No matter if fucking, uh, fuck neck or pudding head wins in fucking November. Who knows? Who knows? But I was willing to switch it. Because I got to honestly, I'm not going to fucking eat the ticket. So I switched it to May. I'm like, all right, here we go. I looked it up. I looked at the dates and, uh, and I was like, well, I don't know if these dates are going to work. Um, and also their offices are on the East coast, right? So I go to move it. I start looking at the dates and I hit, I, I try to make it work. And it says, you are unable to change this flight online. You must contact us. Well, they open at five o'clock in the morning, my time, and then they close at three o'clock in the afternoon, my time. And uh, I'm, I'm never those. That's like literally my hours that I sleep. <laughs> I go to bed. I go to bed at, at you know, six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. And then I'm getting up at like one or, or two. And uh, the first thing I do when I wake up isn't like, hey, call Irish customer service. That'll be relaxing. You know what I mean? I don't want to fuck around with that. I, and it's funny. You know me. I'm a child. I just want to push a button. I'm online. Let me change the shit online. I don't need to see that red X that comes up like from toss across and tells me, no, you must call somebody. I'm like, oh, great. I, I got to I got to call a fucking Mary from fucking Ireland and talk to her. So as as I am wont to do, as you know of me, uh, I tried to move the dates. I tried to do it online a couple of times and then it said, no, you must call us. So I knew I had till the 23rd. So I put it off. I put it off like four more days. Uh, and then I happened to be up and I was like, you know what? Give these people a fucking shout. So I called them and, uh, boy, this is even two weeks ago. It's not 10 days ago. What the fuck is wrong with me? Um, I look, I don't know anything. Show comes out sometimes on Monday, comes out on Saturday, but I have an announcement on that a little later uh, in this show. Um, an announcement, brace yourselves. Oh, I'm going to get to a podium and everything. I'm going to call a press conference. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm warning you right now. There's a sneeze brewing. I don't know if it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't. I'm going to try to fight it off as best I can. Um, so I, like I said, I couldn't change it online. So then I just happened to be up in the window for customer service. So I called them at 5.02 AM, my time. And, uh, I get Aer Lingus on the line and I get a, a nice uh, a woman with a lilt in her voice. And, uh, she says, we're experiencing a great, uh, call, call volume. So please give us some time. Uh, go ahead and sit down and please wait. We'll get to you as soon as we can, lad, whatever. Um, so I wait and I wait and I wait and and they're and it's just this assault of Irish music. Uh, Popeye was playing it, of course. And uh, hold on, my fucking mouth is dry as fuck. So they play this Irish music. I'm waiting ten minutes, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. And I gotta be honest, man. Uh, you opened at five a.m. I called you at five o two. Who the fuck? What did you, did you just have like one person there? Is that it? Because, again, I know it's more laid back in Ireland and they're all like, well, for sure. And who knows when the sun rises and I'll be there to glad to meet you or whatever the fuck. When the road rises, I'll be there walking and then we'll have a hole in our shoes with our friendship or some fucking 
fortune cookie Irish bullshit. And, uh, and so I'm waiting. It's 5.25, 5.30. Finally, at 5.35, and it's a lovely woman again, beautiful voice. And she's like, uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, thank you for calling Erlingus. What can I do to help you? And uh, not that, that was not a beautiful voice, but hers was. I apologize. I, truly, it was. So I say to her, hey, look, uh, I have a flight coming up on September 23rd. I need to move it. And she says, oh, okay, why do you have to move it? I'm like, I, <laughs> because of the news? And she laughed, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, because, again, I don't want to fuck with these people because I guarantee you, no, there is no customer service person who's happy about anything right now. Everybody's calling and being a pill. Everybody's being a fucking stroke. And they are the first line of defense and they are eating massive shit. So I was like, no matter what happens here, I'm going to be even keeled and I'm going to, I'm going to try to work with this woman as best I can. I'm hoping not to get bad news. And also I will not accept bad news at all, but I will do my best to, uh, certainly make sure whoever I speak to man or woman doesn't realize that, uh, I'm upset and I certainly am not holding them in any sort of contempt or angry at them for any reason at all. But I have to admit it threw me off when she's like, uh, and why, why are you changing your flight? And I said, the news. And she laughed. And uh, and I said seriously, I I you know I would love I would love to make the flight, but I don't think my country will allow me to fly anywhere. And uh, she says, "Oh, all right. Well, uh, where did, when did you want to switch it to?" And I said, "Well, I was hoping to do it online, but I tried to do it online, and it gives me a red X, and it tells me I can't do it." She goes, "Well, I can help you with it. That's no problem. Just go ahead and give me the dates." And uh, here's a, here's who I am as a genius. Uh, I didn't remember the dates. And I didn't do the research and I didn't look at the fucking because I did, you know, five days earlier and I was trying to switch the flight, but I didn't write it down. I didn't I didn't make a note of anything. Uh, I didn't have any sort of information to back it up. I was hoping she'd just go well here, click, and then she'd be like, go ahead and change it online. That's wonderful. And that would have been fine. Uh, And I know they're busy, obviously, because I was on hold for over fucking 35 minutes. But so I said to her, I go, "Uh, I don't you know what? I haven't picked any dates out. And she's, excuse me? And I said, yeah, I, I was looking at probably in uh, in May of next year, but again, I don't know. And she goes, oh, well, as soon as you have the dates, hon, you can call back and we'll go ahead and take care of it here on the line. I said, well, I was I was kind of hoping to just do it online. She's like, oh, well, if, it, if the website wouldn't let you do it, you can try. But uh, but if you get that message again, you're going to have to go through us. You're going to have to give us a call and uh, and we'll do our best to take care of you. But please don't hesitate to call us back, which I realized at that point is, She's got other calls like she's got to go. And I was unprepared. I was ill prepared for this conversation. Uh, even even sitting here waiting and holding for 35 fucking minutes. I didn't organize my dates. Uh, I don't know if I was just brain fucking freezed or, or just dumb. I don't know. But I I had done it five days before, but I didn't write anything down. And I just I don't know. Look, I honestly I can't tell you why I didn't have the because the, I will fuck you. I'm lazy. That's why. Because I thought. She was just going to say, oh, yeah, well, here, let me clear it up, lad. And then I would be able to do it myself online because what I wanted to do, you know, I don't want to just give dates. I wanted to marinate in choices, check out fares. I wanted to lollygag. I wanted to be that guy. And uh, I'm not going to do that with her on the phone and go, well, what about maybe, oh, I don't know, July, but also maybe May. You know what I mean? I wanted to look. I wanted to browse and see what my options were. Um, But she made it. She was very nice, but she was giving me a bit of the bums rush. And uh, and there was nothing wrong with that because she's a very busy woman and I understand it. And I was not prepared. So I said, okay. I said, do I need to ask for anybody specific? And she goes, no, any one of us can help you. But just go ahead and give us a call back whenever you can. 
I said, great, thanks. And I hung up the phone and I put it down. And then I was like, you fucking dope. Like you were on hold for 35 minutes and it's and it's a pandemic. Have your information ready. You stayed up all night to be up at five to make this fucking phone call. And then you didn't do it right. What is your problem, man? And, uh, I, you know, whatever, because I'm, uh, I'm a half a clown, man. I wish I'd have done it. So then, as you know, you know me. So I was like, God, man, I wish I would have done that. That would have been cool as hell. But unfortunately, I didn't get a chance. So then I'm sour. So then I don't call him back for a couple of days. Then I make the decision. All right, you know what? I got to call these people back. So I start doing some research. I start looking at the dates and I'm trying to move it. I'm thinking about April and May. And then I'm thinking about maybe a little later in May. Because I was going for a week in April and then a week in May. But I go, you know, maybe I'll move it to the middle of May. I'll try to look at the rates. So I sat down. I did some real research. I looked at Aer Lingus and... Uh, whether I chose flights in April or May or June, this was strange to me. Uh, all of the planes, uh, every single day, were everything because the flight I had was a nonstop to Dublin and a nonstop back to L.A. And now I went in and uh, say there were 10 flights a day each way. Nine of them all had one stop. And sometimes the stop was in San Francisco. Sometimes the stop was in New York. So, you know, sometimes the stop was in Boston. Like they all had these stops that added like six hours or five hours. But every day there was one nonstop. And it would be at seven o'clock at night on the way there. And then I think at three o'clock in the afternoon on the way back from Dublin. And uh, and so I'm looking at the prices and all of the, the, the flights with one stop are 420 bucks each way. So you're looking at 840. Now I paid 800 for my ticket. I got a really I thought a really good deal, okay? So these are this is 840 plus tax and whatever the fuck and and so I'm like, well I don't, I did not want to pay a change fare and I didn't and look, I didn't want to do a one stop anyway. I wanted to do the nonstop. Now for some weird reason, the nonstop was 280 each way. So that's 560 bucks. But when you clicked on it, it's because um, you there were perks involved in like there's three different levels and that was the lowest, cheapest level. And then, oh, you couldn't pick your own seat and fuck that on an 11 hour flight. I'm not going to pick my own fucking seat. So in order to pick my own seat, it was uh, it was 340. So it was 60 more dollars. Um, so I was like, all right, well, that's that's 680. Or no, it was, I apologize. It was 320. Uh, I'm getting the numbers mixed up. It was 320, so that's 640. Now again, I paid 800. All right, so um, I, I, I'm looking for any other fucking way around it. But I'm looking in April. I'm looking in May. I'm looking in June. Exact same fares, exact same schedule every single week. Now you can go to any airline in America, and it changes fucking not even day by day. It changes hour by hour. You can you can fucking go in an hour later, and all of it's changed for some reason. But these were fucking hardcore locked down on the Aer Lingus website. So I wrote down the dates that I wanted and I made a note of the fact that I had paid 800, but then it was 640 and I figured I would call them and make the switch. So uh, I did. This was now this was a week ago because uh, it was Friday that I called her and she was uh, it was another lady. And again, I called. I got put on hold at 504 in the morning. I wound up holding for like 25 minutes this time. And she came out, oh, yeah, what can I do for you, lad? And I'm like, all right, well, I, I need to make the switch. And here's this. Why? And she she didn't ask why. Uh, and she goes, all right, well, did you have the dates? And I said, sure. And uh, 
I, I gave her the dates and I said, it's going to be this and this. And, you know, I need to switch the flight and let's go ahead and, and book it and do what we got to do. And she's like, all right, well, I've got all your information here uh, now. Uh, so and I said, all right, well, let me ask you this. There is a fair difference. And she goes, oh, well, Ed, you, you have to pay that, son. It's, it's not uh, it's not a special deal. You know, there, if there's a change fare, you got to pay. I said, I understand that. But the change fare is in my favor. She said, what do you mean? And I said, well, my flight was I, that I paid for was $800. And now the route that I want is $640. So uh, so you guys will owe, uh, owe me uh, $160. And she said, uh, oh, yeah, no, we, we won't be doing that. And I said, excuse me? She goes, no, we don't We don't pay any difference uh, with the tickets. The fare is the fare. The fare you booked is the fare you booked. And I said, yes, but the fare I booked was $800. She said, yes. And I said, okay, and I want to switch it to one that's $640 through no mistake of mine. Um, and she said, well, I, I understand that, but we're not going to be able to give you that refund. We're not going to give you the, the, uh, the $160. And I said, well, that uh, doesn't make any sense. She says, well, that's that's uh, that's, you know, the uh, the uh, the rules of the flight. You buy a ticket, you have to pay the price. And I said, again, I paid the price. I paid eight hundred dollars and now I'm switching. And look, I recognize it's not the airline's fault. It's certainly not your fault. It's nobody's fault. It just happened. This unfortunate circumstance has befallen us all. And uh, there has been a germ that has descended upon the earth. And now I have to make the switch. But I said, I'm not going to eat one hundred and sixty dollars. Because the the pandemic switched the flight. I go, especially if, if it were to be more, you would expect me to pay more. He said, well, I, uh, I see what you're saying. I said, yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense that I would have to pay more for a change fare. But now that it's in my favor, you guys just get to go. Yeah, nah, no blood, no foul. And she said, oh, yeah, you're, you're right. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's, and it's, you're probably going to be disappointed. But uh, we're not going to be able to make the change. Uh, you, you, you got to pay that. I said, eesh. I said, you know, that is just, that's just rough. I mean, that's, that's just a non-starter for me to have to eat 160 bucks through no fault of mine. And again, I recognize it's no fault of yours as well, but if there's, I mean, you know, cause even if she had said, well, lad, we'll give you $70. Like if they would have split it with me or 80 bucks, they would have split the difference with me. Uh, I would, I would have jumped on that because I, I recognize it's not their fault. If I would have had to pay, uh, you know, if she would have said, we'll give you 70 of your one, one or 80 of your 160 back, I would have said, yes, that would have been fine. Um, I I just, (laughs) this, this, you'll recognize this. And it was, it was this way before the germ. It's, it's the same after the germ and it, and it will be this always. You just want to feel like you're in it together. You just want to feel like they're making the effort. Look, I'm making the effort here. I have to make the switch. I gave you money in good faith to get taken to, to Ireland. And I understand it's through no fault of your own that this has been canceled or shelved. Uh, but it's also no fault of my own. So if we can work together, uh, come along, people now. Smile on your Irish brother. <laughs> let's, let's all we'll come together and love one another. Please give me a hundred and fucking eighty dollars or hundred sixty. What I can't, how can I get these fucking numbers right? Uh, give me a buck 60. Like, I mean, or even, like I said, even 80, I would have, I would have accepted it gladly, but you just, you just want to feel like they hear your plight and they decide to take care of you. You don't want to be this cog in the machine. You don't want the monolith to fucking win. And because look, we take enough ass kickings these days, don't we? I mean, every fucking day we get enough ass kickings, whether we're either at the, 
grocery store or you're out when at work or your kids have to watch zoom or any of that bullshit, man, we're getting hammered constantly. We're, we're at the bottom of the fucking totem pole. And, and so some act of random kindness, if, if just, if, if some Mary who works on a customer service line for Aer Lingus just gives me back the everlasting gobstopper, so shines a good deed in a weary world. And I feel good about it. I feel like we're all on the same fucking page and I'd feel even better about traveling with them in the future, but don't make me eat this. Don't make me eat a buck fucking 60, please. So I said to her, I go, that's just, I go, it's a non-starter for me to lose $160. It just doesn't seem to make sense when it's not my fault. And I recognize it's not your fault, but there's no reason that I should bear the complete burden of this. I understand you're losing so much money and by waiving even the change fee, you've done people a favor, uh, even though I, between me and you fucking the change fee is just robber baron bullshit. They don't need to fucking do, but seriously, it's, it's. This is nobody's fault and I shouldn't have to pay for it. And she said, well, I agree. I said, and I thought that was like a gateway to her giving me some money, right? So I said, oh, oh, okay. Well, that's uh, wonderful. She said, all right, here's, here's what you need to do. Almost like as an aside, like real quiet now. All right, here's, here's what you need to do. I said, yes. She said, um, I'm going to tell you this. The airline is probably going to cancel the flight. I said, excuse me? She goes, you'll, you'll, you'll want to get a refund. I said, okay, I didn't see. She goes, well, no, no, listen, the airline will cancel the flight and then you'll be eligible for a refund. If you switch the flight again, you're going to have to pay or at least or lose the money in the transition. Um, but if if you let them cancel the flight, you'll, you'll get, you'll, you'll get your, your full refund back. I said, okay, well, I thought it was a non-refundable ticket. She goes, it is, unless the airline cancels the flight. I said, okay. She goes, and we haven't flown out of LAX since March. And I said, oh. She said, yeah, so I'm going to be honest with you. It, it's probably 99% that they're going to cancel the flight unless something miraculous happens in the next two weeks. Uh, I'm telling you now that they're going to cancel. And uh, honestly... I'll, I'll bet they canceled by Monday. I said, so what, in two days? She said, yes. Um, I, I'm betting that they canceled by Monday. So if you wait, uh, you'll get a cancellation from the airline, which means you're, you're eligible for a full refund, and you'll be able to go ahead and ask for that then. But if you do the switch, there's nothing I can do about the 160. But if you wait for the cancellation, you'll be able to get a refund for uh, for the full ticket price. And listener friends, people I've met and people I've yet to meet and people who will eventually fucking come across my path and go, God damn, I love that guy. I like the Grinch. My heart grew fucking whatever the fuck sizes that day because it was like I said, it was almost like an aside, like she whispered it into my ear and it really felt like a moment where someone got tired of the bullshit Someone got tired of being the front line of lying to passengers or trying to trick them out of money or, and there was, look, there was no hard sell from the first operator either, but they were both going to let me change my flight. They were ready to do it. It was all, they were just going to change it. Even knowing they haven't made any flights in six months out of Los Angeles, 
even knowing that I, I would have to pay or I would lose money in the fucking deal, they all would have let me do it. But she, something came upon her. Perhaps it was the luck of the Irish, me being half so and her being full-blooded, I would assume. Uh, her willingness to share with me what seemed like a secret made me feel amazing. And, and like I said, we just want to feel like we're included. We just want to feel like we're, we're in this together person and company or what we just don't want to feel. I don't want to feel as if I am an afterthought, certainly not to somebody who I gave 800 fucking dollars to. And look, I recognize everybody's going through this with concert. I know people who still have their money tied up in StubHub. StubHub won't give them their money back. They're offering them 125% credit for some for tickets down the line. And people are like, I wanted to see this specific fucking show. And you're holding my money and collecting interest on it for the past fucking five months. Give me back my fucking money. And, and we recognize, again, this had nothing to do with StubHub. There's, this, is, this is a cataclysmic fucking event. This is a change in the way the world does business. And... You can't push that entire burden onto the consumer. Businesses, like, you know, it's funny to watch the NFL and, and Major League Baseball scramble. Like, Major League Baseball is the worst. Like, they, these are dudes who've made money every fucking year since time began. That's all they do from when Harry Frazee threw Babe Ruth at the fucking Yankees. These dudes have printed money owning baseball teams. Nobody lost money opening a fucking professional sports team. So these baseball teams are making so much fucking money, and then finally they get one year one year where they, they have to take it in the ass a bit and they, they fucking dissolve the minor leagues. Like they get rid of the minor leagues and they start telling players they got to share the burden and they try to fucking do It's just, dude, if you're a business owner, you take risks. That that's what I've always been told. You know what I mean? And, and maybe the government can help you out with a small business loan, even though you're, I don't know, worth $5 billion and you own a fucking baseball team. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Quit trying to pass this on to some 19-year-old who's trying to develop his curveball in Bradenton. Why are you? Why does he have to take the fucking shared burden of your fucking loss? Certainly, again, like I said, this is a pandemic, and that's nobody's fucking fault. Well, again, except for fucking President Lester Bat. It's his fucking fault. But everybody else... We just, we just, we're affected by this. We, we're living in, in a, a world that will be forever changed by this. And that's whether you're a billionaire owner or you're the youngest minor leaguer, but you don't have to, I mean, you're, you're worth billions of dollars. Quit telling these kids you destroyed their dreams. You took it all away. And now I get to hear from the people who are like, well, you know, the world needs dish diggers too, because apparently we become a nation of judge smales who don't like people who chase their dreams or accomplish their dreams. They hate, they literally hate minor leaguers who are chasing their dreams. Well, you know, you can go get a job in an office and make some money. And they definitely hate the major leaguers who've achieved their dreams. You motherfuckers make too much fucking money. Go get a job in an office. Like I do. It's weird. Like nobody can fucking win. No artists, no ball players. None of these people can fucking win because everybody is just pretending that it's funny. They they will bitch and they'll be like, oh, these fucking lefties, these socialists, these communists. Meanwhile, all these people bitching at baseball players and football players that they make too much money and they need to fucking work a job like they do. Well, all you want is to drag these fucking players down to the proletariat. You're just telling them that their hard work didn't matter. What you're trying to say is like hard work matters when you do it, but when a ball player does it and he achieves the fucking pinnacle of his goddamn profession, his hard work doesn't matter because you don't see it as work that is worthy of judging as hard. 
because you could hit a baseball or you could run and catch a fly ball just like they could, but no, you couldn't. And nobody is paying fucking $75 a night to sit in box seats to watch you snake out a toilet, Harry. But we live in a, in a, in a fucking nation where every, everybody proclaims themselves a have not and wants to take down the fucking haves. Uh, and then when the haves try to have a voice, they go, shut up and entertain us. It's, it's ridiculous. So when this woman gave me a secret, whispered in my ear that she wasn't going to, not only, not only was she not going to make me eat 160 bucks, but she was going to give back 800. I, I, I wanted to find her and, and, and fucking like the quiet man, just fucking walk in, take her by the shoulders and then scoop her up, carry her out of the fucking suite right out of the cubicle. I'd carry her out like fucking Deborah Winger an officer and a fucking gentleman. If I'd have known where she was, I would have done it. I would have carried her. And then all the other operators would have jumped out of their cubicles and gone, way to go, Maddie. <laughs> Love lift us up where we belong. Does that sound good with a flute? You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can also find me where the fuck else am I? Guess. <laughs> I'm at Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. That's Mike40YOB. Find me there at Instagram and Snapchat. Um, should I tell you about TikTok? It exists. I'm there. I'm doing a stupid TikTok thing. I mean, I haven't done anything yet, but I'm there. I'm lurking. I'm always looking. I'm waiting to see some uh, some 21-year-old girl with a fucking half shirt and a hula hoop. That's what I'm doing on TikTok. That's what I do when I browse. I flip, I look, I, I, I swipe left and swipe right, always looking for somebody to be in there doing a fucking half shirt and a hula hoop. That's the move. I want to see those. I want to see, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Vanessa Hudgens doing the WAP dance on TikTok. Oh, dude, that's a that's fun when the WAP dance goes around and you realize you could go to jail just for watching these videos. Isn't that fun? There's holes in this house. There's holes in this house. There's holes in this app. Uh, so find me at all those places. I'm there waiting for you. We're ready to believe you. Five 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 two three six eight. Go ahead and find me in all those places. And our friend Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show. You can find him at Facebook. Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. I need to send him a uh, note soon. Eventually, I'll sit down and send notes. Uh, our friend Casey Bills always helps me out with YouTube, and I appreciate it. He's uh, he's a good guy, that Casey Bills. Uh, and let's talk about this. Let's talk about our good friend, the Renaissance Man. Let's talk about a man that we know, a man that we love, a man that you understand has been associated with this show for quite a long time. He is our great friend, David Mex Hernandez. Uh, you can find his Facebook page, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go be his friend there, would you? Uh, now I'm going to tell you about some stuff that he's doing, but if you're his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, you don't need me to tell you cause it'll all be in your face, man. It'll be thrust in your face like an old man's ball sack at the gym when you're just trying to get dressed in the locker room and he's sashaying around with his fucking junk hanging out because you know what? He doesn't give a fuck anymore cause he's 75 years old. And also he can't reach his ball sack to tuck it into his goddamn fucking underpants because it's down to his goddamn ankles. Uh, Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez is where you want to find the man, the myth, the Renaissance man, David Hernandez. He's our king. He's our buddy. Uh, he's got so much going on. And if you join his page, you'll see it. 
He's got a cult. Did you know this? He's got a cult called uh, uh, This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. You can see, uh, if you, you look, you can join the cult. If you become his friend, first become his friend. Facebook, you know, first you'll get the money. Then you get the power. Then you join the cult. Uh, this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. If you go to facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, you'll see it. And then he'll send you a question. You join the club and you see, uh, you know, he's got all of these. He's got a fucking talking lima bean with a great ass. He's got a, a knockoff and Margaret with a see-through slip. He's got a, I, I like, I think there's like a fucking, like an elk that talks like Tom Jones. I don't, he's got all of these things on display waiting for you to check them out. He's got a he's got a, a a fucking Russian nesting doll that it looks like Christopher Hitchens. These are all available to you right now. At this is dumb, that's dumb, you're dumb, I'm dumb. Why wouldn't you look for them? Why wouldn't you check them? What is wrong with you, man? Go to facebook.com slash David Mix Hernandez, you'll see it. And he also does all the artwork for this show. You know, you see the stuff over there at West Side uh, 86 Jokers. He does that. He does my timeline, he does the YouTube artwork. Um now, look, you're saying to yourself, well, he also does music. He's, he's just a fucking talented cat. But also, speaking of cats, guess what this man has now? What? That's right. The man's got a goddamn podcast. He's got a, uh, it's called the Flem Cat Podcast. That's right. The Flem Cat Podcast. It's available now wherever you get iTunes or wherever you get uh, podcasts. The latest episode is out now. It's called Spooky Pumpkin Smokehead. It's available right now. And it is, uh, dudes, listen. You know what? You don't, you don't, I wouldn't, would I hang out with a guy for 40 fucking years if he wasn't fucking hilarious? I don't think I would. Uh, I can tell you this about David. He's your Huckleberry. Certainly you want to go ahead and tune in and find out that the manager Huckleberry. And also this is another produced show. I'll tell you what, I don't know. I, I talk. This is what I do. I fucking yammer into a goddamn microphone. This is a guy with like fucking sound effects and drops and, and music and a plug song. He's got a plug song. He, uh, he, he pronounces dispensary four different ways, which is amazing. Uh, suppositories, depositories, dispositaries, whatever the fuck he said. Uh, go listen to this week. Go listen to Spooky Pumpkin Smokehead. That's this week's episode. Now, look, he's got a bunch of episodes up. You want to download all of them. You want to subscribe to this podcast. It is, as I've mentioned before, the Flem Cat Podcast. Flem, P-H-L-E-G-M. The Flem Cat Podcast, available now wherever podcasts are. Uh, Christ, the man's up to 12 episodes. He's got a dozen. He's got a dirty dozen. I'm going to call it a dirty dozen. The man started in June, busting out episodes. He's got 12 of them up now. Like I said, well-produced songs. And then just him being a fucking laid back cat and talking and telling you stories about how he's your Huckleberry. That man's your Huckleberry. And I will say this in this week's episode. He, uh, he says, I'm making fun of him for being a Renaissance man. And he says, I started to do that because, uh, he's uh, mastered fishing. And uh, here's what I say. First of all, I'm not making fun of him. I truly believe he's a renaissance man. The guy fucking art and paint and everything else. He's, he's like uh, uh, a Michelangelo who, uh, whose father used to own a taco restaurant. I mean, he's just, he's just fucking amazing. Uh, Michelangelo, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Um, but also another question. Uh, he's mastered fishing. Uh, he might say that, but also if you listen to his episodes, he he fell in the goddamn lake a couple of weeks ago. So I, I don't know. I don't know what part of mastering fishing that is unless he's noodling for bass or bass bay bass. He's noodling for that bass. No, he's noodling for bass in Naperville. Maybe that's what he's fucking doing. Um, I don't know about mastered fishing. Seems weird. He also does this. He says, uh, here's what I've decided to do. I'm going to become a pothead. And I have to ask another question. Uh, going to become a little late, friend. From what I understand about you and your behavior, it's a little late to say you're going to become a pothead unless you're talking about being like fucking, 
you know, Willem Dafoe and Platoon, like that kind of pothead. I don't know. Uh, all I know is if you want to hear about Ficklebook, you want to hear about Lone Wolf next time, you want to hear about Rupert and Schmoopert, you want to tune into this goddamn episode. You want to hear about Mex's kick-ass day in Vegas? Uh, and also him telling you that if you're not going to have me around, you should smoke weed for fun, which made me laugh. Like I'm, that means I am literally Mex's weight weed substitute. Like he, he, he can get along without weed as long as I'm around. And that made me happy. I was actually really proud of that. Uh, and I'll tell you this about the man. What has he got? He's got a big black bag of pot. You want to go and listen to all of this, please go listen to his podcast right now. It is waiting for you. The phlegm cat podcast available in the uh, in the Apple podcast space and anywhere else you could try to find podcasts. P-H-L-E-G-M, the Flemcat podcast is available right now. Go grab it. He is your Huckleberry and he is waiting for you right now. Download all Dirty Dozen episodes and listen to him from the jump. Uh, and, and they're coming out every week, I think. I think it's a weekly deal. So check it out because the guy's fucking crazy talented and you definitely want to tune in. And, and, and he's a great friend and I love him. Oh, that's right. Let's go schmaltzy at the end. Let's try to lay it on a little thick with an I love you. And maybe that'll trick you guys into going ahead and listening. Mike loves this guy, like really loves him. I need to listen immediately. Yes, you do. Uh, go check it out right now. The Flem Cat podcast available in the iTunes store. And also leave a review for him, too. He'd like you to do that. Why not? I mean, uh, and he's been people have been very kind and leaving nice reviews for him. And, and not in a, oh, we take pity on him way. More of a, Jesus Christ, this is actually really good way which is super cool. So go ahead and leave some uh, reviews and download the Flemcat podcast. And if you want to hire him to do some artwork for you, he can do that as well. You, like I said, you'll be on Facebook and his, if you're facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, go to his photos. You'll see all the artwork he's got archived stuff. He's done for me stuff. He's done for the, the, the closed group. Um, just incredible, amazing stuff. He, he can work in pen and pencil and watercolor, whatever the fuck you need. He can make oil paintings if you want. He's, uh, he's just that fucking dude. And he's got a website. If you want to see another version of the artwork that he does, you want to go to his website. Uh, boy, this guy can fucking do anything, right? Including having a website and you want to check it out right now. Art by DMH.com. That's A R T B Y D M H dot com. Show 
Are we strangers now? Like rock and roll and the radio. Like rock and roll and radio. Okay. 
what you want. You can't always get what you want. I know you're sitting there, you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, Mike did a show, certainly, and it was a fantastic show, uh, but is there any way he's getting any sort of recompense for this show? Like, uh, this is a brilliant show, and it's the kind of show that I think uh, one of the companies that I love should sponsor. What? Really? You think that? Uh, Well, let me tell you this. We already have sponsors, and by sponsors, I mean sponsor, the lovely and talented Fearful Jesuit over there at the podcast that they call The Paranoid Strain. It's available right now in the iTunes store. The Paranoid Strain has kicked off its new format here in September of 2020. You can go ahead and check it out right now by downloading it where all your finer podcasts are uh, are living, where they reside, where they're ensconced, if you will. You can subscribe in the iTunes store, which is now the Apple podcast space, whatever. The, I don't know. I don't look, man. I use words for a living, and I, I even I don't know how to fucking describe this goddamn place. It's where podcasts live. It's like a big-ass barn with a bunch of fucking horses that are all podcasts. And you got your thoroughbreds. Certainly, that's your Mark Marins and your Jimmy Pardos. Those guys those guys are in the front of the line. Uh, that's where you're going to find your your, uh, your phlegm cats and your paranoid strains right there with the thoroughbreds. And, uh, and then you're going to walk all the way down into this deep ass barn. And there in the final stall, oh, oh, the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to boy, 40 year old variety. Uh, but these other guys, look, they're fucking champions. Uh, I, and I say that because we had a fight. There was a fight. And right now, Paranoid Strain has the title belt of podcasting. They wrap it around their waist proudly. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you, until you've you've not lived until you've seen Paranoid Strain's fearful Jesuit residing in nothing but a title belt. He he took a photo as a look. I think it was a promotional photo uh, or it might have just been a thirst trap for me. And I fucking I bit. I texted a woo. And then moments later, I texted a who. So it was like, there you go, buddy. I hope you got what you wanted with that nude title belt placement. Uh, new format started here in September with the Paranoid Strain podcast. If you go download it right now, you'll hear him talking about, uh, well, you'll hear about how servants equal slaves. You'll hear about dramatic YouTube dudes who are there fucking with music stings and stuff. You'll hear about exquisite torment, inhumane barbarities. Uh, you'll hear about uh, Dana Unicorn and, and her nonsense as she thinks that the guys in funny hats are the Pope. Look, just go listen to the goddamn thing. You don't need me to break it down for you. You want to hear about spectral evidence? This is your show. You want to hear about the titular King Philip? He's right there. You want to figure out how to make a human skin belt? Listen to this fucking show, baby. You want to start selling high quality essential oils? This is not the show for you, but still, you must listen. Uh, the Paranoid Stream podcast is available right now in the iTunes store. Our good friend Fearful Jesuit is the host. You can write them a note. Here's their email address. Theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. You can also put in Paranoid Strain in your Facebook search. They have a new page now where you can be a friend and comment on all sorts of posts. Uh, and leave a review in the iTunes store if you would. Go ahead and tell everybody that you think the show is fantastic and amazing. And, and it's just going to, like I said, it's in the new format which it felt like he felt like he needed to do that probably because a he's, I mean, the dude is always working. He's one of those dudes who's like tinkering with the show and making it better. Every single chance he fucking gets, whether he's in a fucking broom closet or in his house with a, you know, with a pad and a paper and a porcupine and a pineapple, all of those things are available in his hands and he is making the show the best it could possibly be. And it's available now for you. I, 
if not every week, certainly bi-weekly going forward, and he'll be here to tear apart and tear asunder all of the uh, conspiracy bullshit we've got heading into this election. I just saw that the fucking Q chick is running, and now her opponent dropped out because he was getting fucking threats. So he's not going to run against her, even though he might have fucking smoked her. I Who's voting for Q? Get the fuck out of here, you fucking dummies. Good for you. Uh, I, I You know, I'm going to have to get some adrenochrome and get on the fucking scene with you motherfuckers. I'm going to get all hopped up on adrenochrome and take on the Q motherfuckers in a fist fight. Uh, but this is the kind of stuff you want to hear about. And you'll hear about it from our good friend, Fearful Jesuit, on the Paranoid Strain podcast, available right now. Pilgrims and jackanapes and savages and demonic hordes all there for your listening pleasure in the latest episode of the Paranoid Strain podcast available now in the Apple podcast space or anywhere you get your fine podcasts. Our buddy Fearful Jesuit is so cool to be aligned with my show, and I'm honored that he continues to associate himself with us. Check it out right now. The Paranoid Strain podcast available for you to subscribe to and download wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Did you know that I'm available for Cameo? Oh, you're goddamn right I am. If you're thinking to yourself, well, what's Cameo? Well, I'm here to tell you right now. It is a, a an app you can put on your phone. Uh, you can download it from the App Store, or you can go on the web at bookcameo.com or whatever the fuck and find me and book me to do a speech for one of your friends. You want me to make fun of one of your friends because his fantasy football team absolutely blows? I'm happy to do it. If you want me to console one of your friends after his wife's suicide... Probably not a good idea. I mean, I will do my best to give them a comforting shoulder and try to greet them as I can, but uh, I got to think they're going to look at you askance if you hire a stranger to send condolences for such a mournful event in their life. But look, I need 20 bucks. I'm happy to do it. Just uh, tell me what not to say. That's the most important thing. I don't want to be like, uh, look, man, I know this is a terrible thing for you, but uh, hopefully you can find your way through to the other side with this thing and 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 please have as much strength as you can strength she died at the gym you fucking monster okay i didn't know i didn't fucking know dude who hired me didn't tell me uh i look out but i don't care again like i said man i 20 bucks is 20 fucking dollars you know what that is that's a hamilton get me a fucking hamilton you know what that is 21s 20 we put them on the one again george you fuck I make 20 of you for one stupid phone call to tell somebody that their wife died. How about that? You like that, wooden choppers? That's what you were you thinking about that when you were crossing the fucking Delaware with your guy standing up in the boat getting a whole shot into your pea coat and whatever the fuck? Hey, man, I'm going to save this country and beat back these Hessians, and eventually I'll be on the one, and they'll give 20 of them to some loose lipped motherfucker who's going to tell somebody sorry his wife committed suicide. Look at me. I'm making all the fucking ones I possibly can, or at least 20 of them. But you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking I'd rather have one Hamilton than 20 of you, you fuck, because Hamilton at least was in the room where it happened. You, you were in the boat where it didn't as you sailed across the Delaware and made everybody else row, stood up with a hand in your coat. And everybody's like, who the fuck is this guy with the pose? What are we painting this fucking guy? I got terrible news for you rowers. We did. We painted that guy and all your faces are blurry. Nobody remembers who rowed the boat. That's fucking Charlie from Annapolis and whatever the fuck and his friends. But nobody gives a flying fuck about you dudes. Take that Union Army. We're just, that's the Union Army? No, it's the Civil War. Was Washington in the Civil War? What if he was? Washington, Washington is, boy, that guy was alive a long fucking time. He led the war against the Redcoats. He led the war against the fucking gray suits. Whatever the fuck. You got a, you got a color that isn't blue. He's fucking taking you on. That's what Washington does. He's going to fucking step up because he's, again, as I've mentioned, he is, uh, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Uh, 
where were we? Paranoid Strain? No, Cameo. We're talking about Cameo. Hire me, man. Hire me to, uh, and look, if you know any relatives of George Washington, if you just want to give me uh, the, an opportunity to call a history class during their Zoom session and tell them all I can about George Washington, let's educate this country. Let's fix it, man. Uh, Q is taking over. Get me on the scene so I can tell people about fucking George Washington and his propensity for posing in a boat as if he were being painted. But then in the other boat, there was a painter and it turned out that it was right. And even those motherfuckers, like I said, Charlie from Annapolis is like, look at this fucking guy. Sit the fuck down. You're going to get winged, motherfucker. And then he did get winged. They shot right through his coat. And he smiled a wooden, toothy smile. And he said, har, har, har. I will come for you, redcoats. Uh, but again, then they, and then we put him on the one. Who did he piss off? John Adams? Who the fuck did he make mad? Uh, Nathan Viceroy? Was he a guy? I think I might have just made up that name, but I don't know. He might have signed the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence or one of those fucking documents. Give me a Nathan. Give me the signature. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia and the signature of Nathan Viceroy. I need them both right now. Stat. Uh, all right, Washington, you dig. Hire me. Fucking hire me on Cameo, guys. I'll call people. Give me 20 ones. Give me 20 Washingtons. And I'll say whatever the fuck you want me to say to whoever you want me to say it to. Because again, everything's falling apart. I need to start hoarding as much cash as I possibly can so I can eventually kite myself over to Ireland. Oh, uh, it dawns on me. I should probably finish that story. It just seemed like such a perfect ending to do the, the, the carrying out of the room, right? Um, and there's no real ending. I, I, I shouldn't even make this a thing. But re, uh, whatever. The bottom line is they, uh, she, so she took care of it. She was like, yeah, cool. Just go ahead and wait. And I said to her, I go, so look. I don't want to get caught in a fucking bear trap here. What do I need to do? Like, when is the latest I can actually make the switch? She said, you have until two hours before your, uh, you've got two, uh, two hours before your flight. You got to two hours before your flight, lad. And uh, I said, okay, so that's the 23rd. Uh, she says, but I'll let you hear from him this week at some point. And I said, okay, great. Uh, Cause the last thing I wanted to do is again, wait. And then I get locked out. And then sure enough, she was, I think she was probably looking at the information right there on the computer because then Monday I got an email and it said, Hey, we, unfortunately we've canceled your flight to file for, to change your stuff. Click here. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's not happening. And then it said to get a refund, click here. So that's what I did. And I filled out a form and, uh, and weirdly they wanted my bank information. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to wait on that. Even though I, I know I gave them my bank information when I bought the fucking ticket, but they wanted like the account number and the routing number. Now I understand they're going to refund my money and send it back there, but I think I'll wait for them to contact me before I give them that sort of information. And also there was a, a note that said, uh, this is an email, so it is not encrypted and the information can go out over to whomever who wants to grab it. And, and, and we know there's a bunch of fucking sticky fingered motherfuckers out there. Just these dudes who literally the kid from deliverance put down his banjo and bought a laptop and now he's stealing everything from everybody. So I don't want to fucking give that guy the opportunity to get my routing number so he can get anywhere close to $300. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so I was able to go ahead and hold him off. I'm like, yeah, no, this is a whole of the bank thing, but I sent in the, the email and it said I would hear from them within 14 business days. So, uh, not knowing what a business day is, I will go ahead and just wait to hear from them, quite frankly, because look, who am I? I'm fucking uh, Robert Microphone. I don't know what a fucking business day is. I mean, it's certainly this is my business. Talking is my business and business is good. I'm the Dave Mustaine of this shit. There's no doubt about that. You know why? Because I'm the fucking talent. But uh, but who knows? What do I fucking know? They'll contact me at some goddamn point. Maybe don't, you, know, <laughs> you know what? They contacted me yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you. They called me yesterday and I'm now I'm just I'm just waiting to call them back. Um, who's calling me? I don't even know. Ignore me. So book me for cameo. That's the bottom fucking line, right? Of course. Uh, 
Did you know we got a million fucking channels? We got a YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel and check me out. I'm on there talking about a bunch of nonsense. And there's old school stand up. There's there's 12 years of this fucking show just on there waiting, uh, waiting to listen to. And so now I will tell you, uh, here's something I will reveal to you. Uh, well, no, maybe I'll reveal it at the end. Well, uh, it's not even a reveal. <laughs> what the hell? Um, regardless, if you go to the YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy, you will go ahead and check out 12 years of this podcast. You thought the high speed nonsense in this episode earlier was great. Go, oh my God, go ahead and listen to some of the stuff from the past. I was a king. I, I, you know what? I was a puppet, a poet, a pirate, a pauper, a pawn, and a king. Hey, that would have been good to have in the beginning of the show. Uh, get a porcupine, some ping pong, some pasta pomodoro, a puppet, a pirate, a poet, a pauper. Have those available, a pad and paper, pen. Mm, so go to youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy and find old episodes of the show. And you know what? Listen to this one and then listen to any random one from the past and just go ahead and have your contest in your own head. Have a poll. Put it on your Twitter page. Which episode was better, this week's or one from centuries ago? Because it does seem like centuries ago. Uh, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy is waiting for you to follow and or subscribe. Oh, I don't think you subscribe. Yeah, you subscribe. You don't follow. Subscribe. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. So I can uh, convince YouTube at some point to pay me some money. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Uh, if you want to help the show financially. And who? Oh, wait, fuck that. Before I talk about that, Twitch. I'm at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. I'm streaming all the goddamn time. I'm playing puzzles. I'm, I'm playing this weird Fall Guys game. I'm looking at trailers. I'm talking. I'm eating yogurt. I'm trying weird chips. Oh, it's a it's a it's a repository for all things Schmidt. Why wouldn't you check it out? It's the twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy channel. The super angry guy, Gene, happy good time twitching hour that's never just an hour. Why wouldn't you tune in? People come there all the time and hang out. I enjoy it. I like seeing their faces. Yes, I can see their faces. No, I can't. It's just a stream on the chat, but it doesn't matter. I envision their faces. I think about them. I know what they look like. I know what my friend Kiki looks like. I know what my friend Travis looks like. I can see their goddamn faces and think to myself, wow, look at secret agent Ken and Tresha sitting together in a love seat. Of course, I know what they look like as they watch me play some dumb game, but I'm glad they're there. Damn it. It makes me happy. Twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Follow and subscribe that channel. You can use your Amazon Prime to give me five bucks a month, but you got to renew it every month. Unfortunately, it's not recurring, which because again, Bezos doesn't want to trick you out of five bucks, whatever the fuck. Uh, but you can do that. And that's fantastic, man. Go ahead and sign up, follow and subscribe helps the channel. And if you've ever thought about helping the channel, this is the time. One of the ways you can do it is by following or subscribing to the twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy channel helps me out. Go watch me stream, have a good time. And then look, if you can't help out financially, just fucking come and hang out. Just come and laugh and watch and, and enjoy me playing a game or whatever, and I'll engage you in the chat stream. And uh, you know what? It's it's one way to get even closer to me, your good pal, your internet chum from the inner circle. Ding! Your friend Mike Schmidt. The 40-Year-Old Boy Twitch channel. The Super Angry Guy Gene. Happy Good Time Twitching Hour. That's never just an hour. On the 40-Year-Old Boy Twitch channel. Go ahead and solo, uh, solo? follow and subscribe. Don't solo that movie, The Eyes of Sodom or whatever the fuck. Don't do that. Don't Serbian film either. But uh, but go to twitch.com slash twitch.tv slash the 40-Year-Old Boy and uh, and follow and subscribe to the channel. That'd be great. And, and if you give bits, if you subscribe, that helps. And like I said, if you're trying to help this channel, this is this is a really good time to do it, man. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper right-hand corner. You'll see a little Schmitty with his pocket out. You can become a PayPal subscriber every month, or you can give a one-time PayPal donation. Thank you so much for thinking of me when you do that sort of thing. Uh, helps the channel, keeps it afloat. 
and uh, and ensures that I don't have to start uh, delving out into the world of the germ. This is my job. This and Twitch and stuff like that. And that's a pretty cool feeling for now. We'll see what happens. I mean, everything's going to go tits up at some point. Uh, it, it doesn't have to. That's the thing. If you're supporting um, and your graciousness and your generosity allows me to keep doing this, I mean, I'm going to do it anyway, but it'd be nice to get some money for it. So it's nice of you guys to go ahead and think of me and help me out via the uh, PayPal link there on MikeSchmidtComedy.com on the upper right-hand corner of every page. Or you become a patron at Patreon, and uh, and and that really helps the channel very much. Like it's, uh, you know, I would I wanted to go out. This was the year of I will. I was going to go do shows and stuff. And now uh, the circumstances change for all of us. We're all inside our homes. We're all quarantining. We're doing whatever we got to do. Gradually, life is returning to uh, whatever they're calling normal these days. So I can only hope that you're all going to feel safe. And if your kids are going to school or you're going to work, just don't touch your face and wear your mask, wash your hands, do the best you can to be as safe as you possibly can. Um, and and everybody's carving out a niche. And I, mine is this. And that's why I have the Patreon page, patreon.com slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and subscribe. That'd be fantastic. Become a patron to this channel. Uh, it really helps the show. And as I've mentioned, if you ever thought about helping this show, this is a very good time to help this show. Uh, because you're keeping me off the streets. You know what I mean? It's like, because I mean, look, I don't want to venture out in a boy's town. I'm going to get mugged by the Bowery boys. Leo Gorsi's going to take a poke at me. That's not good. Hunts Hall goes, ooh, that's just bad. I get to avoid those tough guys. I can't, I can't have neighborhood, neighborhood toughs. Fucking one of them gets on there all fours and the other guy pushes me over him like I'm a goddamn weeble wobble. I can't fucking have that happen. And are you thinking to yourself, well, Mike, me weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Fuck you. You've never seen me get pushed by fucking Hunts Hall over Leo Gorsi. And I know you're thinking to yourself, Mike, there's no way Leo Gorsi goes on all fours and Hunts Hall gives you a shove. And I say, you're correct. Cause you know what happens? Hunts Hall gets on all fours. Leo Gorsi orders Soul Asylum to shove me. You know why? Because they are looking for somebody to shove. They want somebody to shove. And they're ready to take it out on me. You didn't think Soul Asylum was going to meet the Bowery Boys, did you? You didn't think that was going to fucking happen. In a million years, you never went, I'll bet fucking Schmitty's going to have Leo Gorsi hanging out with the fucking guys from Soul Asylum. Fucking Dave Perner and the boys hanging out with the Bowery Boys. All right. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy patreon.com slash the 40 year old boy youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy did i say that i hope so uh follow them all and and help us out financially it really really helps the show and you're super cool to think of me i appreciate it now get this here's what i was going to tell you earlier man uh (laughs) i didn't uh you know as you know with quarantine uh, among us as all of us are lurking within the quarantine annals of whatever the fuck is happening. Um, I've, I've not known uh, when the show is going to go up. You know, it's it's I've allowed myself to have a bit of a lax schedule. This show has lived on Thursday mornings for how fucking long? Ten years, 12 years. I think we switched. I think it used to be Tuesday when then we made it Thursday. Smells like Thursday, baby. Um, so it. uh it, it's one of those things. It just always came out on Thursday. And then, you know, as I've mentioned before, whatever the fuck, whatever, whatever, uh, you've been very kind to understand and very patient with me, uh, that sometimes, you know, getting out and grabbing a spoon and pouring stuff out of your goddamn, wait, my house is, is that an earthquake? No, I live in an apartment. So I think somebody just ran like, uh, on the balcony above me. Um, not the balcony. Well, yeah, I guess so. Well, the walkway, there's no balcony. I don't, yeah, I don't live in fucking Capulet Manor. 
Um, so, so here's the deal. Uh, I, I've, I've had trouble, you know, the show, whatever the fuck it, it used to be. It was a Thursday show all the time. This show's coming out on Saturday. Um, last week, you know, I, I just put out a show five days ago on a Monday. Now I put that show out on Monday and then, I mean, look, uh, I, I was like, I was a little, you know, I get, I, I get, my voice gets a little burned out and I'm beat. And then I, I stream whatever during the week. This is a job. I love it. I'm excited to do it. But, um, I've allowed myself to become lax and not putting out the show on Thursday mornings. And, uh, and a lot of you have been very kind in, in understanding that and having patience. Our friend Liana, it's so funny. I went, I, I get Facebook memories. And just a couple days ago, I think it was, it might've even been yesterday. Uh, one of my Facebook memories was me posting a photo from a show and Liana saying, you know, I forget what day it is until you post. And then I know it's always Thursday. And, uh, and I was crestfallen seeing that because well, now it's not always Thursday, you know, and I used to be, now look, I'm putting out a show every week. I'm not saying, you know, boo hoo, but, um, you know, you got to hold yourself to a higher standard and, and certainly there's a creative effort to be made. And sometimes you can find yourself a little bit on fumes. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if I can churn out a fucking show like this five days after I churn, I, I turned out a fucking show like Mondays, um, I'm fucking unstoppable. Right. So, uh, but this week, because I put out a show on Monday, I was like, oh yeah, here's the plan. Uh, I'll do some plugs and then, and then I will, uh, and I'll put an older show up and I went and picked it out. I had, I had two to choose from, but I settled on one and I was like, and then I'll, and this will be a reboot week. So I'll go ahead and put an older show out along with like an intro with plugs and stuff like that. And then next week I'll be back on the Thursday schedule because that will be, uh, technically I will have had, you know, like, like fucking 10 days off, even though the half hour of plugs, whatever the fuck. Uh, and that was the plan. And that was the plan right up until I sat down at this microphone. And that was the plan. Even when I started talking into this microphone, but, uh, well, you know, we were on our way to the bingo parlor and, uh, you know, one thing led to another things got fouled up and, uh, <laughs> okay, sir. I, I started talking and, uh, and look, I, I don't, I don't think I'm remiss in, in saying uh, magic happened. I don't think I'm overstating the fact Go listen to this fucking show with President Lester Bat and tell me it wasn't magic. Uh, and so I just kept talking and talking and talking. And then I looked up and it was an hour and I was like, holy fuck, because I was only supposed to talk a half hour with just plugs. And I hadn't even gotten to the plugs yet. And I'm an hour in. And then in my head, I just went, you know what, dude, this is episode 47. This is an episode reboot. This isn't any fucking trap door. Just make this a fucking episode because you can do this. And so I did. I powered through it. I think it's a great episode. I'm excited. Well, nobody hears to hear me jerking off. Uh, my point is. Uh, next week or this coming week, the show's back on Thursday and, and the show will be up every Thursday morning waiting for you when you wake up. Um, and, and that's just it. There's no getting around it. There's no, well, maybe there's no, well, I'll try. Fuck that. It's the year of, I will, right? So I will get shows up on Thursday going forward. And Quarantine is fucked with my head. Quarantine is fucked with my life. It's fucked with your life. It's fucked with your head. And you've been very kind to allow me and indulge me as I've been trying to find my way a little bit. Now, look, I'm not apologizing for quality because I'll tell you what, since since this fucking thing happened, I have put out fucking crush shows, killer shows, home run shows. I'm proud of what I've put out. Uh, it's just sometimes it took me till Saturday or Sunday or Monday to scrape it out of my fucking skull. Well, no more shows out Thursday morning. So next week 
It'll smell like Thursday in your earbuds, and I'll be here waiting for you on Thursday morning. And uh, and it's funny because one of the reasons why I was going to take this week off as I sit here and I talk in circles, um, I thought it was a good a good way to reboot because I'm actually live on two other podcasts that are released right now. Uh, that's and so there's three hours of new content with me on those shows, and that's why I was like, well. It's not really like you're taking the week off because there's these other two shows and you talk for almost three hours combined on those shows. I have the hiccups. Um, And so you're really not kind of getting out of it. You're not cheating anybody. Dudes, give give me any reason to talk myself into this bullshit and I will do it. But you know me. I don't want to leave. I don't want to. I don't want to fucking skip a week none of that bullshit because i'm terrified you will all leave but this seemed like a good week to make it happen because uh i could refer you to two other shows but look at this now you've got a 40 year old boy episode that you can go ahead and fucking marinate in and listen to and love because it's a goddamn home run but also uh the fucking talent went ahead and got asked to do a couple of other shows and they're available right now uh our good friend chris mancini former host of comedy film nerds former co-host of comedy film nerds uh, has a new show and it's called, what are you watching? And it's a quarantine based show. And he's talking to uh myriad people about what they're watching during quarantine. And he reached out to me and he's like, Hey man, you want to do this show? And I'm like, uh, hey, well, here's the bad news. Yes. But also I'm not watching a fucking thing. Like I don't watch TV series. I don't know any of that bullshit. I go, I just watch movies. And he goes, that's fine. He goes, there are some people who are watching YouTube clips. That's all I want to hear. Whatever you're doing to get through this, whatever you're watching, anything you watch on a screen in front of you, I'm interested in talking about. And I said, well, great. Then if that's the case, then we'll talk. And uh, <laughs> I will tell you this. So I did the show with Chris and it's, you know, it's an hour long because Chris, they always, even on comedy film nerds, they'd set a fucking time clock. And, uh, and he asked me what I'm watching and I bring up something and I, you know me, I kind of go on a tangent and I'm talking and describing it. And he goes, well, here's something I'm watching. And he just, uh, and, and so I, in my head, I was like, I, cause I had a list of like 12 movies. I thought I was going to talk about all of them when I thought, but in reality, I think I only got to three of the things that I watched because Chris also get this was sharing what he was watching. I thought it was going to be some launching pad interview type show where he was going to go look at me and just go, all right, buddy, run with it. And I would describe what I was watching and he would jump in periodically. But no, it was a back and forth, just like comedy film nerds. He was telling me what he watched. He was telling me what he saw, his opinion, what he thought, what he liked. He chimed in what I liked. So it was a uh, it was an actual conversation, which is fun. I, I, I just thought it was going to be all right, Mike, what are you watching? And then I had to rampage. Uh, so it was kind of nice to have him step in and go, Oh, I'm watching this because I was like, Oh Jesus. Cool. So I don't have to go through all, cause I'm like, dude, you don't want me describing 12 fucking movies, do you? But I didn't say that to him, but I was willing to do it because I thought that was the fucking gig. But, uh, but it's a great conversation with me and Chris about, but I'm watching what he's watching. Uh, like I said, I really only touched on like three or four things that I, I'd watched. Um, but we had a great discussion. It was totally good. It's called, what are you watching? And I will tell you this, he was putting it up on his Patreon exclusively for Patreon people. And then people were like, dude, you should put that show out for free. Like the very business model of this show is what are you watching? Because people are watching stuff during quarantine. Well, there are people who probably want to go, hey, what am I listening to? I'm listening to your show during quarantine. You should share it rather than putting it behind a fucking paywall because we're your fans and we'd love to hear it. And I think he he heard from enough people where he went, you know, this is a good idea. I got to put this out for free. And he's done just that. So 
What are you watching with Chris Mancini? And I'm the I'm the inaugural guest on the free version. It's available in uh, in the Apple Podcast space. It's available wherever you would go ahead and find these shows. What are you watching? With Chris Mancini, you can download the newest episode, you, and the only episode, quite frankly, and it's me and Chris having a fun conversation, so check it out right now. And uh, and then, I will tell you this, you know, Mondays I've been going over to my buddy Pat's house to watch movies. Now, last week I was supposed to go over there, and we were going to watch Real Genius and Midnight Run, two movies that I love. He's never seen Real Genius. I couldn't wait to watch it with him. Uh, and then that night he wound up having to take his daughter somewhere. And he's like, can we bump it to later? We'll watch one movie instead of two. I said, yeah, that's fine. So I got to his house. And as I walked into the backyard, cause we're socially distancing, we're watching the movie six feet apart, his TV in, in the yard, it had Bruce Lee on the screen. Now I've, we watched five Bruce Lee movies like over the past few weeks. And, uh, I thought we were done quite frankly. And I walk in and I go, what's this? He goes, dude, there's a fucking, there's another disc. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, what's that say? And I look and it says Game of Death 2. I did not know they made a Game of Death 2. I mean, Game of Death was patched work with, patchworked with a bunch of fucking old footage of Bruce uh, from, from before his death, like outtakes and shit. So I'm like, what the fuck could Game of Death 2 possibly be? He goes, I don't know, but we're going to find it. We're going to watch it. So we did. And it is awful. It's so fucking bad, dude. It is, again, even more outtakes of Bruce Lee, but then he dies halfway through the movie and a guy who's supposed to be his brother takes over. What a fucking joke. I mean, it was so fucking bad, dude. Dialogue was terrible. Everything was awful. Uh, So I do not recommend Game of Death 2 unless you want to watch it with some friends ironically and just go, Jesus. Uh, part of me, you know, after seeing Game of Death 2, part of me wonders if uh, if maybe Bruce Lee, eh, he, he wasn't so uh, unhappy about dying. Quite frankly, if there was this future with these guys, Raymond Chow, putting him in these fucking garbage films, uh, his idea for Game of Death, you know, was was fantastic because they said Bruce Lee came up with the idea. It was a tower that they had to fight their way to the top of. And there was a different style of martial art on every tower on every floor. I mean, that's a fucking great idea. And, and so they'd be able to use some of that footage in Game of Death. Um, but then they had to come up with a story about he's a fucking movie star and they had to film a guy from like weird angles to pretend like it was Bruce Lee. It's a fucking mess. It's so terrible. Um, but we watched it and it was fun, but I should say this. He, when I got there, he's like, yeah, we're going to watch one movie. I said, great. He goes, and I have to ask you a favor. He said, Murray was here yesterday and we were recording and the power went out because of a rolling blackout. Can you help me by finishing the show for Murray? And, uh, and I had, uh, as you know, my show, I had recorded my show that morning on Monday and put it out. So I had already talked for fucking in excess of two hours. So my voice was fried. I hope I didn't sound like an idiot. And I mean, it had taken all day to recover. So I was okay. And I'm never going to say no to pack cause I love doing the fucking show. So I'm like, sure, absolutely. So we watch game of death too. We go upstairs and, uh, and, and what it was, it's a, it's a podcast called, you know, it's rock solid, rock solid, the podcast available right now in the iTunes, Apple space. You can check it out. And it's got, uh, this week's episode was about earth, water, air, and fire. And it's about songs that have any of those words in the title. There's earth songs, there's water songs, air songs, and fire songs. Now, Pat had his list and Murray had his list and they only got about halfway through. Uh, I think I jumped in just as the, just at the end of water. And then I did air and fire, but it was Murray's list. I didn't pick any songs, uh, but it doesn't matter because 
it was mainly a conversation with me and Pat fucking around and, and being funny. And look, you can listen to any podcast in the world and it can be fucking amateur night. Like I've said before, it's dudes laughing too hard at their own fucking jokes. And, and it's, uh, it can be a fucking nightmare, but with Pat and I, I mean, I, you know, we're just, we're friends for 20 years. We could probably finish each other's sentences at this point. It's, it's, you know, I had great chemistry with Jimmy on his show. Well, I have extremely good chemistry with Pat as well. And, uh, and, and it was just, we, we, (laughs) we were talking and talking and I didn't even think about it. And it was over two hours long. Like when we finished it, we were at like two hours and 15 minutes, just of my segment. And it did, it just flew by. Like I didn't, it didn't even feel like that to me. So it's a great conversation. It's available right now in the iTunes store, the rock solid podcast titled earth, water, air, fire. And uh, the first hour and 15 minutes is Marie Valeriano. The next two hours and 15 minutes is me. So you're getting, and Pat's in all of it. So you're getting three and a half hours of Pat. It is, uh, I love talking to my friend. And, and whether I had to use Murray's list or not, it was just fun to be funny and goof around. And especially now, man, because I mean, look, I talk into this microphone by myself and I think I do a really fucking good job of it, but it's always fun to have somebody to trade with. It's always have some, someone to throw a fastball that you can crush over the goddamn fucking fence. That's, that's just beautiful. And I do the same thing for him. I try to be, I try to just be fucking white chocolate. I'm throwing him crazy passes from all over the place. And he's finishing the thought he's finishing the joke. I yes. And everything he does. And, and that's believe me with Pat, that's key because he's just, he's just such a funny dude. He's so great. We had a fantastic conversation and the dude knows so much about music. There's, there's, I have blind spots that I would know. And he's fucking right there. He knows everything. We had a great talk about autographs. We talked about everything you could possibly imagine music. And then all over the place and talked about comedy in Chicago, talked about a fist fight with Jimmy Dore. dude. It, it was just, it's it's two old friends just talking. It's a two hour and fifteen conversation. And before that, you even get bonus Murray. He's an actual host of the show. So you get Murray for a buck fifteen, then you get me for two fifteen. Uh what more could you want? And then you got me on this show for however the fuck long this is. I have no idea yet, but dude, I gotta tell you what, I'm gonna soak my vocal cords in something soft. Is there any sort of lavender soap? What the fuck can I pour down my throat to go ahead and make myself feel better? Fuck tea, bag of dirt, not gonna happen. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be cold or hot. What am I supposed to do? There's lozenges. I'm gonna suck down some of Philip Chaffin's lozenges, man, because he thought of me on that goddamn Christmas gift, and I love them. There's these fucking green apple lozenges that I fucking choked down, and I need one now because I have been talking, it seems like nonstop all week, because Monday I do my podcast Monday night. I did his show Thursday. I did Chris's show. I fucking wind up streaming all week. And then I'm here talking to you guys Saturday morning. And I was supposed to put this off. I was not going to do this. I was going to go ahead and go, Hey, here's an older show. And then, uh, then look, I had it picked out. It was going to be a gorgeous episode. I knew exactly what it was going to be, but then I'm talking and here we go. And we're fucking rolling, man. And I couldn't possibly go ahead and leave you guys in a lurch. And if I'm feeling it, I'm fucking feeling it. You know why? Cause I'm the fucking talent. And if the talent is going to keep fucking rolling downhill, like a goddamn giant ass snowball, who's going to fucking crush everybody in his goddamn wake. You know, this is a show that kills skiers. There's something that's like this is a, a, like a guitar is a machine that kills fascists. This is a show that kills skiers because it starts as a little snowball at the top of the fucking hill and then we roll and fucking roll and fucking roll. And the next thing you know, fucking Jean Claude Killet and uh, and Lindsay Vaughn. Is she a skier? I don't know if she is, but whatever she is, she got fucking run over on my mountain. Get off my fucking mountain, man. My fucking snowball is rolling right the fuck down. And I'm going to take you out. Vocal cords and all. I don't give a fuck if I sound like a goddamn busy signal. My voice is all and eh, eh, it's all fucked up. But if you're on the mountain, you're 
you're getting fucking smoked. I'm rolling down and this fucking snowball is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you're going to get fucking taken out. I'm going to roll you down. It's getting bigger and higher and higher and higher and higher. What's that song? It's Kiss. You're goddamn right. It's Kiss. I go ahead and bring that to you. That's Flaming Youth. Flaming Youth is the fucking best. That's an underrated song on Destroyer. Destroyer's Kiss's best album. There's no doubt about that. You can't argue with me about Kiss's best album. And I'll tell you what, when your vocal cords are fried and you've talked all week and you got to still talk even later today on Saturday, there's nothing better than talking about Kiss's best album. I know you're thinking to yourself, well, there's no way Mike needs to be talking about Kiss's best album because his throat is probably bleeding at this point, but who fucking cares, man? When it comes to talking about Do You Love Me and fucking Great Expectations and Flaming Youth, all on a fucking Destroyer and Detroit fucking Rock City, are you kidding me? You think I'm not going to go ahead and sit here and talk about Destroyer? I don't care if I'm on my deathbed. I don't care if the fucking germ gets me. I don't care if the goddamn vid puts me in a fucking bed and I got ventilators snaked all the way down to my fucking taint. I'm going to sit here and roll and talk about goddamn Destroyer, baby. If you want a piece of me, Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.